What's going on, everybody? And thank you for tuning in to this episode of Casual Conversation with Will and Gary joining us this time. On this episode, me and Gary have our good friend, Whitney Scott. Now, uh, Whitney recently married mine and Gary's good buddy, Paxton, who we've had on the show before. So we figured we'd have his wife on, you know, to kind of talk trash about him. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Um, anyway, uh, Whitney talks about her college experience, how she met Paxton, how, where she grew up. Um, she talks about uh, collegiate sports. Uh, she was a coach and a player. She dives into that. Um, we talk about her career path, what she wants to do with her life and the goals that she wants to accomplish. Um, we talk about what it's like to be married since she recently got married and the highs and lows of that. And uh, we just had an all-around good conversation, and we really enjoyed it. So I think you guys are going to enjoy it as well. And as always, thanks for stopping by, and I hope you guys enjoy the show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Casual Conversation with Will and Gary. Where are you, Gary? I'm here. He's here. And guess who else is here? We have a guest. Who's here, Gary? Whitney. It's not <laughs> Wayne anymore. It's Whitney Scott. <laughs> I, I legitimately you almost, almost said. I was I, waiting for you. Too. Like, I, I saved it. And then I was like, Whitney Wade, no, wait, it's Scott. Whitney and Wade just flows, though. It Scott does. still sounds Wh- weird. <laughs> Have you got used to uh, a new last name? No, not at all. Not at all? Mm-mm. I don't think it will be a while. Have you figured out how to like do your signature yet? No, no, because <laughs> Wade, okay, first of all, it's an alliteration. So it flows whenever you say it. And then it also flows whenever you write it. Scott, it, the C and the O, the double T, that's too much forward, backwards, and cursive. So it's been, too many been a struggle. <laughs> it's too hard. Scott. And my everybody calls me Wit, so and I'm gonna put this in everybody's head, even though nobody's probably thought about it. But everybody called me Wit Wade, like that was my name. Now it's Wit Scott, and to me that just sounds like Great Scott, like <laughs> like what? Like, Wit Scott? No, Great Scott. You know how people say like Great Scott or whatever. So Wit Scott, and it great. doesn't even it doesn't even rhyme. I think it's just because the syllables or something. Uh, great Scott. It's like a, <laughs> but now my nickname is this sounds the 1940s? dumb. <laughs> Great it's like Scott. it's like Wit Wade is like one word, but Wit Scott is two words. Yeah. Wit Scott is that a lumber Whit- place? A lumber? That's is it? That's, that's Wit Davis. Wit Davis. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I was like, oh. <laughs> no, but I thought Wit Wade sounded weird. Whenever people first started calling me that, I was like, that's ugly. But so it's no it. secret that Whitney just got married <laughs> since we're talking about <laughs> yes. her last name. But if you notice. Scott, does that ring a bell? Ring a ling ding. <laughs> ring a ling ding. That was our what our second guest on the on the podcast. Paxton, I think it's our, like episode sixteen. Long time buddy that we lived with for a long time. Go give us a few more downloads, people. Check out sixteen if you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got married two weekends ago to yeah. Whitney. It two, was last two. Monday. <laughs> last oh, it was Monday. Monday. It wasn't oh, on a weekend. Oh no, no, not this Monday. I'm sorry, the Monday before that. I keep forgetting it was on a Monday. For some reason, I just thought. Yeah, it was, it was very Monday. weird. But we're at the beach, so. Yeah, like nobody so cares. Me and Will, or Will and I, we <laughs> we, we headed back uh, the day after y'all got married. But y'all got to stay down there all week, didn't you? Yes. So y'all had a good time, I'm assuming. Yes, I'm glad we did the wedding early in the week too. That way we could just chill with our families and relax the rest of the week and actually enjoy somewhat of a vacation. Yeah. 
So did y'all did I know that like our first few nights there, the the eating like is 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 okay. I mean, you know, what was that one restaurant that it's I like got sick at? Broussards. <laughs> what was Broussards. it? Well, Bru- and, yeah. yeah, it was. Terrible, don't go eat. to Broussard's <laughs> in Navarre. They say it's Cajun food, but it's not. It's trash. Dude, <laughs> this gumbo is trash. Dude, dude, Paxton's gumbo and the waiter comes around. Is everything all right? And he's like, no. no. <laughs> there you go, Will. There you go. There's the. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about that later. But... Okay. I'm, I'm, my bad. My Anyways. Bad. Uh, Whitney, just kind of start off, give us a little bit of introduction, who you are, where you're from, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about our weeks after that. Okay. <clears throat> well, Whitney Wade, or Whitney Scott now, um, born and raised here in Bologna, Arkansas. Go Eagles. <laughs> Go Eagles. Um, I've played softball my whole life. It's been my first love, my passion growing up, and that's what I spent most of my weekends doing. Um, I went on to go play in college. Then I went on to coach. (laughs) And since then, you know, just about like everybody else, just been trying to figure out the way life goes, how to get settled down and do what you want to do beyond what you grew up doing, I guess, you know, life after ball. It's a whole different life. (laughs) Aren't we all just trying to figure it out? (laughs) Trying to make sense of this crazy world. Yeah. Good luck. I don't think we ever will, though. That's true. Well, William, what did you get into this week? Man. Uh, like, like you said, we had the wedding or went to the wedding on that Monday and then, no, what am I thinking? Yeah, I had to, yeah, that's right. I had to work on Saturday because I was off on Monday and Tuesday. So like I had to work the weekend. So that's all I did was work. I didn't get to do anything fun. Yeah. I, uh, I relate to that. Um, I'm going on this, uh, 52 day escapade. Without having a day off. 52 in a row. I'm about, I think I'm six or seven days in right now. And then I quit. So, I mean, it's like there's a lot at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> then I'm done. Leaving you losing <laughs> the dust. Dude, I'm working so much. I hope the government hears this. I'm a part-time employee, and I'm getting, like, <laughs> mad overtime right now. You know now. you can't do that longer in 13 weeks without them having to offer you I'm full gonna time. Be there. I'm not going to be there 13 weeks. Well, I'm saying you've been doing it for 52 days straight. How many weeks is that? I don't know. I'm that's supposed like to be a math teacher, but like five weeks. So you say that's okay. less than no. two months. Well, I was going to say, well, six weeks. there you go. You got only got a couple more weeks, right? Yeah. I was going to say, make sure you don't go over 13. July 29th is my last day. But before I got off on, uh, before I got off for your wedding for four days, I had worked 22 days in a row. Mm. So I've been killing it. That sucks. I- <laughs> but I have been very, very tired. And so actually... What I've been doing, I heard you and Paxton talking about uh, the show Friends. Yeah. And so, like, I had seen, kind of like you, like, I I don't even think I'd seen it that much, but I had seen episodes here and there, and I liked it, and I was familiar with the characters. I heard y'all talking about, I think it was actually at at Broussard's while I was sick, for those, though, that don't know, which is everybody that wasn't there. I got really sick at that restaurant and just spewed all in the bathroom and then went home. And like didn't three get to times hang. at least. Yeah. Hardcore, yeah. bro. It, I don't know what got to me. Anyways, <laughs> I've been watching Friends like in a row. Yeah, end. like I work, I come home, I eat, I do my exercise or stretch or whatever, and I just sit down and watch Friends. That's what life's like after ball. <laughs> in the middle of a tv series yeah oh my gosh it's it's so good too i like since i've been back from the wedding i'm already like halfway th- more than halfway through the the third season 
Like I'm binging yeah, hard. I did too. I binge watched it. I think that like How I Met Your Mother. There's a few of those right in a row. I watched so much TV for a while. And now I'm like, I've watched everything. I don't know what to watch. <laughs> <Nothing left laughs> to watch. I talk a lot of trash about Paxton, but I do like his, his TV show and movie selection. We we are on the same page when it comes to that. He's super oh, yeah. big into movies and TV shows. Yeah, He's always he helps been me into out a shows. lot. Like, I remember back in the day when he, uh, he first moved in, he had like, DVDs of seasons of shows. He like, still does. Like he still back has before, them. Uh, you know, Hulu and uh, Netflix and all that was super popular. I mean, he had like he did. He, he when like we were at DVDs. Centerstone, dude. When we were at Centerstone, like in his room, he had like this this box, and it literally just had like DVDs of classic <laughs> yeah. movies mm-hmm. and and like classic TV shows. And you, I respect the fact. I mean, being a girlfriend, always wanting to watch. You know, the girly shows. He'll watch them too. He don't care. Like he uh, likes a good wide variety of shows. So he fits all the categories. I guess I can. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's that's, that's good. true. Well, what did you do this week, Whitney? Uh, this week. Yeah, this weekend. I guess you just got back. Yeah, I got back from the beach Saturday, and then um, Paxton went back to work on Monday. So since then, I've been trying to get ready for the reception. We're going to have a reception back here at home for all of our friends and family here. Um, so lots of busy work just trying to get that. That's the worst, too. Yeah, that's I'm very stuff. thankful that we did not have a big to-do wedding here. But now I feel like... We get to plan two things. We plan the wedding there, and now we're planning a reception here. So I don't know. Pick your poison. Yeah, I saw. I saw that on y'all's way back. You stopped in Memphis and ate at Rendezvous Barbecue. <laughs> Dude, we didn't want to go an hour out of the way to get a uh, shrimp off the boat, but like we went an hour out of the way to go get barbecue in Memphis. <laughs> yeah, Rendezvous. Dude, baller barbecue. <laughs> best, best barbecue so I've good. ever had. Oh, it's so good. You know, Y'all may like slap oh me in the face. Oh my God, she didn't like it. She, no, she didn't it was, like it. It was like good, it. but I do think it may be like a little overrated. But I am very spoiled. Like my dad, I'm telling you, my dad can probably make y'all the best barbecue you've ever had in your life. Can he really? And I don't, I think that it may be overrated for me because most people don't have dads that cook like mine do. So shout out mom, dad for, for their cooking. Wait, <laughs> okay, okay. Am I, go ahead, Gary. Go ahead. I will say that when they had their your little engagement party i'm pretty sure he made barbecue yeah and it, i had some and it was very good yes that's, i was upset that's what i was gonna that say he put shrimp in the potato salad no, he, he usually makes one with shrimp and without for that reason for the gary's in the world i was gonna ask at the reception is he making potato salad okay so that was the big uh thing because i was like mom everybody wants barbecue and barbecue and potato salad yeah like and I, actually i mean you can just get whatever as long as there's some potatoes <laughs> <laughs> well she would, so good, she just dude. said it's kind of harder you know keeping everything warm is a lot more elements i think we're just going to do pasta salad breadsticks two different kinds of pasta um but we are going to have a fourth of july party which is around y'all's anniversary so we hadn't talked about that yet <laughs> but i was going to let everybody know that my brother's coming home from boot camp we're going to throw him a little welcome home slash fourth of july party and invite everybody but he said that he would make his potato salad okay i'll be there for (laughs) sure (laughs) so that's awesome just make okay not not being the needy allergic to shellfish guy over here but i really am i really hope there's some potato salad without shrimp in it we'll make you some without shrimp it wouldn't be as good but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, you really are missing I'd, out with the shellfish. I, I'd rather not go into anaphylactic shock. I'll give you an EpiPen. I mean, I can think of it as being a little dramatic. You think it'd I mean, be worth yeah. it? 
to get to enjoy the shrimp for a little bit, just let us poke you with the. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. I'm not gonna lie to y'all guys. I like shrimp. Don't love it. I don't like crab. Really don't like lobster that much. I just don't. And I think honestly, I think it's part like every time I eat it. Sorry. I mean, it's not. It's not that bad, but it like it just makes my throat tingle and like it just takes away from the taste experience. What a shame! It really does. What a shame! I'll never forget, man. I ate. Some Thai food and shrimp from Ruby Tuesdays. We, we me well, and Will were in St. Louis with our parents as young children, and I, we went back to the hotel after eating. And I, it was so explosive, I couldn't make it to the bathroom. I just leaned over in the bed. <laughs> Is this when you found out that you were allergic? Yes, I ate like so first, fast. First of all. Ruby Tuesday is terrible, so that might have been part of it. The shrimp was probably bad. Yeah. May have been, but dude, I still like if I every ate... every Ruby Tuesday I've ever seen has gone out of business. The best trash. the <laughs> best shellfish that I like. The or uh, the best shellfish dish that I like is a good old clam chowder. And out I of can't all eat the seafood, it. You're yes. clam, clam chowder. I swear. My grandpa makes the best clam chowder. <laughs> And um, that is one that I will take a few bites of, and it'll make my throat tingle. But what gosh, dang it, I do Poor it. choice. <laughs> it's so good. Do you know the difference between a chowder and a soup, Gary? It's thicker. I don't know. I was asking it's for thicker. real. It's thicker. Chow- <laughs> a chowder is thicker She's than a soup. Thick. It's thick, dude. Real thick. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. gosh. Okay. So we've had some pretty good weeks. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> Not Anyways, um, yeah, I'm into it, Gary. Let's let's get let's get some going. Uh, Whitney is a pretty interesting person. Very very intellectual. Um, she after my friend William over here moved out, she actually moved in for like what eight months, about eight months, something like that. And I got the opportunity to to get to know her pretty well. And uh, great gal, uh, very intellectual. We had some very in depth conversation. She's a biology major and uh, I mean as a nutrition dude like I had to take a lot of biology we had some awesome conversations in the morning that <laughs> I can't out. just have with everybody you know and so uh, we're gonna dive into to one of the aspects she was like she said a uh, softball player in high school and went on to play as a collegiate athlete for all four years correct mm-hmm. Three? Uh, I played three. I had one left, and I could have stayed and played, but I was done with school. So school's too expensive just to stay for ball. Yeah, so, true. Okay, so that's true. I didn't just, know that. That's interesting. Yeah, that was a that was a rough sophomore year. Both high school and college was a rough one. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> well, just uh, tell tell us a little bit about like you know how you fell in love with the game, and then like tell us a little bit about your your collegiate experience because I mean. Anybody that's really into sports and they're not just, you know, deaf, dumb, and blind, they can play and they understand high school sports to an extent. But but college, from what I hear, is just a totally different animal. Yeah. So I don't really remember getting started with ball. I was seriously, since I could walk, I think I've had a ball in my hand. Um, my dad always had me and my siblings out there. I rem- I still remember vividly he had a plywood board with footprints on it for where our feet need to stand during our batting stance and where to step and squish the bug, which obviously 
uh, some technique has changed since then, but you know, getting started, that's where we started. Um, and just going, that was kind of our thing. My sisters and my dad, we'd get out there is how we bonded. Um, and I think growing up, that's just what we did. That's how I met my friends. That was our activity that we did together. Um, and I don't think I, you really appreciate it at that age and then not until later around my high school years, junior high, high school started feeling a burnout. It's all I've ever done every weekend. I felt like it took up so much time. I think we've all, as athletes, have been through a burnout phase. Um, came back from that burnout, and that was a rough year in high school, was around the burnout phase. Came back from that on fire for the game. Like, I had a different perspective of it, and it just kind of grew from there. Um, going into college, of course, it takes a different kind of dedication from high school to college because um, the workouts, and you put even more. Like, you don't think it's possible to fit more time and uh, – things around ball but just wait um but in college you are literally living around that it's your job whenever they say that is completely true it's like that's why you're going to school it's yeah, like you're yeah. going to school to play ball but you still ha- for it but you of- still have to go to school and mm-hmm. make good grades <laughs> yeah so, so like it's tough day-to-day you know wake up 6 a.m um uh, go to class after that until about noon, grab something for lunch, head out to practice, get done with practice. And uh, depending on what the day looked like, have to shower, uh, maybe study a little bit, uh, get some dinner. And then we sometimes even have to meet back up at night, either for a workout at night or for talk talk was a team meeting at night every now and then. So it just kind of depended on what season we're in. So like literally day to day is like from the time you woke up to the time you hit the your head on the pillow at night uh just going yeah so and so you played at two two different schools correct you played at williams played at williams uh and cbc yeah see i forgot that too i forgot you played there that's where Mm -hmm. we met six and to say that's why i kind of mentioned that uh that's williams baptist is where you met paxton what 2013 yep freshman year awesome awesome well we actually had the last person that we had on the podcast. Apparently, uh, you 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 can tell you can tell that story about Cade Sawyer. Cade Sawyer, I love that dude. He, um, I actually didn't know him going to Williams, but I knew of him from a friend of mine in high school, and so that was really the only person that I had any kind of connection with. You know, moving away from home, two hours away, anything familiar is good. So. I don't even know how um, I introduced myself or how we met up there, but just kind of got hanging out around him. And um, I had a couple of friends from the softball team that hang out. We'd all hang out. Jerry, my one friend from mm-hmm. the softball team. So me, her, Caden, Paxton would hang out quite a bit up there. And I think at some point, which Paxton's told me this later, you know, I didn't know it, but I guess um, Paxton's like, man, who is that girl? And you know, are you trying to get with her or anything? He's like, no. And so he's like, well, go introduce me. So Cade, I was working at in the library for work study. And so Cade and Paxton came over to study in, the, <laughs> in the library. Cade and Paxton studying. Wow. <laughs> Lived with Paxton for four years. There wasn't much studying going on. Yeah. And I actually remember them coming in here and Cade introducing him to me. So just from then, it was just kind of, you know, how it gets going. You just kind of talk and hang out with everybody. And then you kind of get more and more interested as you talk and things. And so it just went from there. Yeah. That's that's awesome. It's just cool to kind of rem- reminisce on how y'all just came together. But uh, not only 
was Whitney a collegiate athlete, but she also got the opportunity to do a little bit of coaching for CBC and was actually very successful. Um, so talk a little bit about that. It was successful. I don't know. Uh, that was not not on my part, <laughs> but um, I had actually just graduated, and they my head coach left. And so my assistant coach moved up and they're looking for an assistant to come fill in that year. So me just being graduated and not really knowing what this next year looks like for me, I was like, Hey, I, I would love to stick around and help out. And she's like, ah, I don't know, because you know, you were just their teammate and it's going to be really hard one to separate yourself from the girls. And then, um, then being able to listen and respect you as a coach, like, it just seems like it'd be a really big hurdle. And, um, she said, you know, let me think about it. And she explored her options. And I remember her, she called me back and she's like, have you been praying? And I said, maybe a little bit. And she said, well, he answered your prayers this time because uh, it's going to be me and you, girl. And I don't know how this is going to go, but we're going to figure it out. So uh, head coach was 25, assistant coach 23. We are both probably one of the shortest girls on the team. We'd hop off the bus just so um, excited and eager to get out there. Most of the time we got mistaken for players ourselves, but it was a very fun year our girls were very talented um they didn't need a lot of coaching um but it was really fun they, I didn't have any trouble with them respecting me as far as half of them being my teammates they were all you know I have a a very thankful heart for them accepting me the way that they did because yeah. that was that played a big puzzle on like how successful we would be you know those seniors and juniors no doubt, me as it would have been yeah. very easy for them to just be like, well, we played with you last year, and we, this coach was coaching us together. Like, we've been told the same thing throughout our college yeah. experience. So, yeah. And, and, and honestly, looking from their perspective, man, it's just, it's, it's yeah. tough. JJ and I also, like, we were a very good team that worked together. She was, like, always fast-paced. Fast pace. Efficiency is key. Um always like you know business getting things done not that she didn't encourage those girls ever she's very um go-getter heart let's be eager let's stay grounded in what we do always um and I was kind of more the organized person that kind of would follow her and make sure that we have everything in order the way that it needed to be um I would always just be like this big motivator lots of energy um so like what we had together in the way that it all came together was Seriously, God thing. I'll always count, you know, give him the credit for it because I don't think there's any way that we can put together those that group of girls, that team, and all those personalities ourselves, you know. So I definitely think there was yeah. a bigger hand there. So she she was the efficiency and you were the effective one, right? Uh, kind of helped bring that together. They all have their strengths and weaknesses, and we just balanced them out. Yeah, iron sharpens iron. There you go. There you go. So uh, it's 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 mentionable that y'all like won the whole shebang that year. Oh, we year. did. <laughs> <laughs> so so talk a little bit about that. Like what? Uh, I don't know. Like what the title of of what y'all won was? It's national but, yeah. championship. Um, it was the NCCAA. So not the NCAA. That's a Division One. We're not that big. Um, but we are a D one NAIA school. So there's an NAIA division and an NCCAA, which is National Christian College. So Athletic Association, I think. Okay. Um, 
And so it's like the NAI is just a separate division, which we didn't make the NAIs. We originally were shooting for top half of the conference. I think we finished third or fourth, which is the top half. Um, We went to the tournament, the conference tournament in Columbia. That was a game. That was Columbia. The, I got thrown out what, of the, what Missouri. Columbia, Missouri. Columbia, Missouri. That's the game I got thrown out of. Oh, I, I didn't. Out of a whoa, game. whoa, whoa, whoa! No, y'all didn't hear about that. I did not hear I'm about that. I'm pretty sure I came home, Gary, and I told you the story. I, I do not remember you telling me the story. So you refresh. got thrown out of a game. Refresh. I did. So they're just a Columbia is like a a rival, I guess, to us, and they're always really good. And they're a little dirty. They like to play a little dirty. Mm-hmm. They're cocky. Like, it's not confident. They carry themselves very... Arrogantly. Nose, nose in the air-ish. And so... <laughs> nose in the air-ish. Air-ish. Um, okay, so they... We knew that we'd be playing them. It was uh, the championship game. We're in Columbia, playing Columbia with this cocky team. <laughs> and... Um, it was just dirty. That I think our girl, um, their pitcher was crow hopping. Do y'all know what that is? It's an illegal, it's an, it's a legal pitch, basically. So she's it's, co- oh, it's so a it, legal or an illegal and oh, an like, illegal grammar okay. police. Yeah, it's like when, here's the mound. Like when she pushes off with her foot, it comes off the ground. So like yeah. it has her toe has yeah. to stay on the ground. So like her plant foot, across. her plant foot has to come from the mound. A crow hop would be if she is hopping forward and then pushing off to yeah. to make her. So pitch. it's kind of like like in baseball a crow hop. Like you think of like an outfielder like a, taking a crow hop and doing something. It's just a it's little not bit, that. A, it's it's not a that little bit different. Obvious. Just like pitcher. Like I, I get what you're saying. It's kind of like an extra. Woof. It'd almost be like I guess like a balk maybe, but yeah. that's not towards the plate. So it is different, but. Anyways, it gives them a little extra juice. Right. It's cheating. Okay. <laughs> you're not going from the full distance. If you take a hop up, you're pushing That's off true. from that. And, and you're how, not going the how four, far are y'all pitching from 60 43 feet? feet. 43 feet. Our bases are Very 60. Very short. So. Our bases are 60. Uh, play, the pitcher mound is 43. So anyway, she's crow hopping the whole time. Nobody's calling it. Um, there's just a bunch of different calls. But, you know, you, we don't ever want to blame the umpires. You want to control what you can control and try to keep that mindset. It just seemed like one thing after another, just bam, bam, bam. And, of course, it's a high-intensity game. Like, these are the best two teams in the conference facing each other. We both, it's either you're going to the national championship or you're not. Like, we all had this on the line. Um, the play... There was a play, um, I'm trying to remember exactly what order, but I think there was a ground ball hit in the 5-6 hole, so between uh, third base and shortstop. There's a runner at first and second and one out. So, of course, 5-6 hole, you want to go third base, get the lead runner. Mm-hmm. Um, our third baseman had dove towards that hole and got it, so our shortstop came behind and covered the bag it was an obvious force out and there's an umpire standing directly over third base and calls the girl safe i mean it's like five six hole shortstops there there's no you know what i mean there's just no way and so we're like okay that's a force out can you at least ask for some help he said that the shortstop didn't she missed the bag so we're like okay well there's a guy at home plate and there's a guy at first base can you ask for some help he wouldn't even ask for help which they don't have to but there's three or four of you out there for a reason. Why would you not ask for help if you're confident? And did you tell him this? 
oh, I, I would, I don't talk to, I'm not really allowed to talk to them. Head coaches going out there, but okay. So I didn't, okay. I didn't have okay. this conversation. I'm ready to see where you come into yeah, this story. No, like I'm, I'm stewing in the, I'm stewing in the dugout at this. Like, <laughs> She's stewing in the pot, no, like no, a big old bowl. Of maybe stew. saying a couple words no, from the dugout. Chowder, a big old bowl of chowder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe saying a couple words from the dugout, but I'm still, you know, in the dugout. So he's not going to ask for help, and we're of course JJ's coming back, and she's mad. Um, that put them in a this big situation. Very next play after this, this girl hits a shot left center gap to the fence, and our center fielder is going for it. There's lack of communication. The our center fielder hit the fence mm. and fell down. The ball comes off the fence. Our left fielder covers it, and of course that girl. Um, on uh, the girls on the bases are coming all the way around. Yeah. And um so they're scoring and our catcher, there's not a plate the plate, obviously. She missed the ball. It's rolling off of the fence. Our catcher steps up to the front of the plate. There's a lane on the back side. And one of their runners coming around slides in to our catcher, Ooh. knocks her down. Ooh. Like there was no reason one to slide oh. and two, why do you gotta go directly into her? Oh no. Um and so it was that whole play right after that play, and the umpire's not going to say anything about sportsmanlike conduct. He's not. He didn't want to give us a timeout to check on our center fielder. It was just like, at that point, I think it was more like I was protecting my girls. So I went out there to say something to the umpire, and he wasn't listening to me whatsoever. And it's this big, tall, six foot, at least six foot something, and I'm five two down here but i'm like bellied up looking straight up at him like you're not gonna let them run over my girls and he was telling me to be quiet of course at this point i've been quiet the whole game (laughs) and so i was just over it wasn't quiet and he was like okay you're out and really i hadn't said much so i felt like he threw me out pretty quick and so i let him know i said wow you got a short fuse (laughs) And of course, wow. he didn't like that. He told me to go all the all the way out. And uh, I had a talk with our athletic director on, whenever we got back home. He was like, um, "And what do you, you know? What do you think the role of an assistant coach is?" And I was like, "To assist the head coach." <laughs> he was like, "Yeah." And do you think that was helpful? You know, I was like, "No." So slap on the wrist. Dang, it's still pretty cool though. I'm glad you got thrown, <laughs> yeah, it was an you experience. Got thrown out of a game. I've never got thrown out of a game. Yeah, it was fun. You know, you gotta at least do it once. Yeah, coach for one year, gotta get thrown out of a game. <laughs> I just see. Do you remember how Coach Glover would get up in some umpire's face, and just, like, just so like, like yeah, he's, he's got like his yelling. beak. He's like beaking them, he's like, and like oh. yelling and that's spitting a, in their face. That's how I. Was, that's how I really wanted to like picture Whitney like in, at this dude's belly, just like. Oh, I was. I like, seriously <laughs> belly like up, just, just like, going crazy, going out. And you know, it's so much more in the moment. Like looking back, it's like wow, like that's really dumb like why would you get so worked up but like in the moment it just seems like so much more your emotions are going it's just yeah you worked I mean, up so, you should yeah. have at least gave him what four once you get three out already be like you're trash you're worth <laughs> about to leave. oh yeah just like go crazy on him or no you might have got fired though, I don't yeah know. as you can say the, the athletic <laughs> director yeah. may not just gave you a slap if you'd have done that on the wrist you yeah that's true lost your job i did want to make it two nationals <laughs> yeah that's true that's so y'all true. ended up winning the game though right no 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 so we actually we lost that game we didn't get the we lost the game they go on to the naia championship so we get booted to a regional in oklahoma which ended up being an even more intense game than the columbia game which is oh, crazy wow. i didn't think it got any more intense than that so that game um, ended up, they didn't have lights on their field. They, oh, listen to this. Have you ever heard of a college um, tournament? They're, 
SID calls us and tells us, What's hey, an SID? Um, what is an SID? Uh, <laughs> infor- sports information director. So they're the ones that are doing all of the of the social media, like, hey, our softball team's playing today. Here's the stat. They keep up with stats during the game. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, cool. They're the ones kind of reporting back to the league on what happened in that game. Okay, okay. I got you. Um, so, and, and they kind of help, you know, if, you're ta- if you have a home game, they're the ones that are kind of helping with all of the paperwork i guess okay yeah so our their sid calls us on the way there and was like hey the way that the brackets worked out we had to win two games we had a bye which means we didn't have to play the first round bracket game and then we had to win two and we're on to nationals um he's like this the way that it's worked out this way we need to rework it because it's unheard of for any college team to ever play three games in a day, which in college it, it, three games is a lot, but I mean, let's get real. If you're playing in college, you've probably played tournament ball and you played from sunup to sundown, probably all night long. The softball tournaments, man, those little, little girls, work. man, they work on like mules. I've you had, know, don't you? I've had to work softball tournaments at the fields in Conway. So I work for parks and rec and dude, they're insane. I like get there at seven. <laughs> they start at like eight o'clock and they don't leave until I mean, at least midnight. Like, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Just out, I don't know how their shoulder doesn't, like, fall apart from, like... Kay. It's insane. They're just out there playing all day. Like, can you not get tired? Dude, Kaylee, when I was dating her, she had some little cousins, and they told me horror stories of, like, going into extra innings and being there till, like, 1 a.m., 1.30 in the morning. <laughs> it's the worst, Like, dude. that's terrible, it's a man. Story. Especially when you got to pick up trash after everybody leaves. Oh, my <laughs> God. Parts of red, baby. <laughs> Oh my so it, they reworked the bracket. We're like, sure, as long as whatever the bracket looks like, we it's we still get you know what we're supposed to have, whatever's fair. So they're like, yeah, yeah, sure. So we get there. Well, whenever we're there, we start the bracket and we notice they're making us play. They're making us win three games now instead of just two. We're like, no, no, no. So we go up and talk to him, and he's like, I guess he just didn't realize what he was doing, and he was like, well, now we've started the tournament. You know, it wouldn't be fair to change it. And we're like, yeah, I, I get that point. But also, like, you're just going to cheat us out of that game. Like, that's not fair either. So you've got to see it on both sides here. So he calls this director up above, like, over the whole place. He doesn't even know what to do. He says, I got to call somebody. And so I don't even know who they reached out to, but it was the top dude, I guess. And he was top like, dog. yeah, top dog. He was like, uh, so all I know to tell you is you're going to play the bracket out the way that you started the tournament. Um, or it's a winner take all. That's it. And so we're like, and they gave us th- that decision to make. And so we're like, well, we're going to ask our seniors, you know, what would they want to do? And it was like anonymous decision, winner take all, we're doing it. So that's why that game, like that was the, our last chance at anything else past that point. Everything out there, winner takes all. We felt like, or the girls felt like they were, you know, getting pushed around a little bit. They had something to be fighting for and it just was. And then since all of that took so long during the day, we didn't get the game started till late and they don't have lights at the field. So then we have to stop the game at like the sixth inning. Um, and we have to find a hotel room that night and come back the next day and start the game in the sixth inning on a new day. That's lame. So it was just a lot. Their student section was unbelievably loud. Like me, uh, to the umpire was maybe 10 feet max away and could not hear him from like talking to each other. Um, they were that loud out there. They wouldn't tell him to be quiet because there is a rule in the rule book about excessive loudness and just being arrogant about it. You've got to control your fans. Um, 
to make the playing field fair. Um, there was times I called a timeout and the umpire looked at me and said, what for? And I went up and down him like, do I not get a timeout once in any, like one timeout every half inning? He was like, yeah. And I was like, so I was going on and on. I was like, I get my timeout. It doesn't matter to you what it's for or not, you know? So it was just intense, but we ended up winning that game off of a walk-off home run. Woo. Shout out Allison Seats, I believe. Oh. Go Allison. <laughs> Go Allison. <laughs> yeah, she was, she's a little... Uh, she hit a lot of home runs. She's a little freshman, but she did really good. But anyways, um, so we she hit a walk-off, and we, it put us in the national tournament. We got to nationals, and I felt like there wasn't a game there that was as intense as either one of those two games. Like, we got over those two games, and not even the national championship felt like it was that intense. Yeah, that's, that's awesome, though. I heard uh, – I didn't actually get to watch uh, any of the games, but Paxton told me uh, that y'all hit a lot of home runs. We actually led the nation number one in the NAIA uh, uh, home runs, uh, total home runs, home runs batted per game, runs batted in. Uh, our batting average was up there in top five. Like offensively, we led a lot of categories actually in the NAIA. How was the, how was the D? Defense was a struggle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like uh, they, I mean, obviously we held them enough to win, but uh, there was a lot of games where we relied on our offense probably more than most teams you want just trying, to. Trying to outscore the other team and just hold, hold as much Whatever as you can. Whatever it takes, yeah. baby. Whatever it takes. Yeah. We're trying to get the W. Trying you know to get that saying? W. Well, so that's that was her softball experience. <laughs> I, could, Pretty, I could talk all day. I'm yeah. sorry. No, you <laughs> no, finally want to hear before you Before we finish that one off, did you like being a coach or a player more? That, I don't know if I could answer that question. Of course, playing ball is like your love. You're in it. You're doing it. Um, of why course you got you, into of it, Of course too. you enjoy it. Like, that's your passion and you want to do it. But I think um, watching somebody, like being able to pour into somebody else and watching them succeed at it was a lot more rewarding than anything that I could have accomplished myself, if that makes sense. Yeah. Of course, I, I so much enjoy doing it myself, but it was a lot more rewarding for me to see somebody else that I poured into to do it. Mm. So you like coaching better, huh? <clears throat> I mean, that's what I got yeah. left. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, that's well, a hard, that is a yeah. hard question to answer because it's like you would never be at that point to coach if you had never played. It was like, yeah. we really can't have one without the other. Yeah, in different seasons of life, you know, I don't think I would have ever quit to coach. But now that I'm done, I definitely want to turn around and kind of pass the baton. Yeah. So was that your, like your favorite aspect of the whole of the whole uh, college experience for softball? Was was it pl- like I know you said you like coaching and you know teaching others and seeing them succeed? Was that like the best aspect of it for you? Coaching was a little different because your the relationships with the girls aren't like your best friends. Like you couldn't uh, be yeah. best friends with them, you know. Yeah. But I mean, there's still great memories. All the way around. I think my whole experience at CBC was just a good one. You know, one to cherish and to hold on to for sure. Yeah. Um, my favorite aspect, though, would just be that that whole collection of memories that I have from CBC. Okay, yeah. If that, I don't yeah, know that if that sense. answers your question. Yeah, but, it does. I mean, whenever it's you like, talk about something yeah, that you like, love and you love every part of it to invest that much of your life into it, then it's kind of hard to be like, this is... This yeah, is me why. and Gary talked about that the other day about sports. It was just like the memories that we made and the relationships that we made was our was my favorite part of yeah. being on a team. It's just like being 
being with a group of of individuals you come you become close to them when you have to compete and overcome things together it's just mm-hmm. like there there's something about that that just creates a bond that that yeah is like no other well and i hope in any sports team or i hope that y'all probably figured it out but like it is so much more than a game and i know that everybody always is probably like there's life lessons to it and obviously there is but like it gets really deep and anything that you kind of talk about through life like you can relate it back to ball or you probably learned it through playing ball no doubt and you say it's more than a game and a coach is really more than a coach this Mm -hmm. is a mentor to young men or women whatever whatever it is you know yeah and uh looking back on that uh you know coach glover being our baseball coach he was he was very, very tough on us at yeah, times. Yeah, he was. Uh, and, but I look back now, and I, I appreciate him, him more for doing that. Yeah. Uh, he, def- he definitely taught us how to overcome adversity, and life is full of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. I definitely respect him more now than I did. Like, you know, always, you always have a coach, and at the time, you're like, oh, I mean, they're okay, and, you know, you don't really think about what they taught you. Like, you just... It's kind of strange because you don't think about what they taught you. You just do what they taught you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, well, that's the best way to learn. Like you're doing it. And it's not like you feel like anything's being forced in your head. Like, you, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, and it's like he would teach us all this stuff and give us all these, you know, lessons about dealing with adversity and overcoming obstacles. And we would just do them. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't we wouldn't go into the game and be like, OK, um, or like something bad happens in a game, we wouldn't all sit in the dugout and be like, okay, well, let's overcome this adverse obstacle so that we can propel ourselves yeah. forward. You know what I mean? It's like we just go out there and play because we were like, we just want to win. But now that I look back on it, I'm like, man, we, we actually did do what he was talking about. We just didn't realize that we were doing it. Yeah. It's, kind of, it's, it's weird. I don't know. So I have a personal message right now for Coach Glover. <laughs> there were many times that I wanted to punch you in the head, break your little chicken legs. Oh, man. <laughs> But I do appreciate and love you, my man. And I actually want uh, him to come on the podcast sometime. Yeah. I that, think he'd be a great guest. That'd be insane. Did you ever tell him that he had chicken legs or did oh, yeah. he just oh, yeah. find that many out? Many times, <laughs> many times. That dude's he if he spent let's say he spent a hundred hours in the gym, he spent ninety eight of those hours upper body. <laughs> oh man. Chicken legs, baby. He couldn't handle me. He tried I, he tried to wrestle me a few times. I freaking destroyed him you bro he would he would like wrestle with us and he was mean man he was a mean fighter he was like dirty yeah he like pokey <laughs> in the ribs and stuff yeah anyways i'll anyway. never forget <clears throat> i have to tell one story i'll never forget when he checked us out of school without telling anybody the parents or anybody and took us to cersei to watch a ball game not for fun we had to watch our position. Oh, I think you told me this story. Oh, yeah, you told you me it was a punishment. Dude, some of the parents were mad. Jesse was like, he just checked you out of school? We didn't know that. <laughs> no. Well, one... <laughs> Miss math class, I was pretty stoked. Yeah, no, no. It wasn't a good thing, but he uh, he had a fungo bat, you know, and uh, somebody <laughs> did something wrong. I think Drew Payne. Drew Payne. Bro. I don't remember what he did, but he broke the fungo over his knee, like a wooden bat over his knee. And he was like pointing at his face and he threw it. And like the pointed end was like, like it was twirling through the air. We got pretty close to Drew and stuck in the ground. I was like, what if he would have just impaled? Bro, there was a number. He broke a few fungos because there was a bucket of balls one time. We were taking grounders 
and he smashes the bucket. He, like with the fungo, just smashes the bucket to pieces <laughs> and breaks it over his knee and starts running towards Drew down the third baseline. Like, it's like he has a spear in his hand. He's like pointing at Drew, like yelling at him with this spear. Oh, it was crazy. I hope, I hope Coach Glover don't mind us talking about this. <laughs> he won't mind. It's all good. Oh, we, we love the guy. We really do. Is he still coaching? No, he actually just stopped coaching. He's oh, a, then he ain't got anything to worry about. He's an insurance. <laughs> he's an insurance agent right now, isn't he? Something like that, yeah. So, but anyways, yeah that that's that's uh, our ball experience. Like you were just talking about, that's memories we made. Oh yeah, yeah. always have. <laughs> but uh, even kind of, since we're kind of on the school uh, topic. Uh, after you got done with softball, you went and uh, you worked as a pharmacy tech at UAMS for a little bit. And, Solid three months. Yeah, and <laughs> but after that, going with the school thing, uh, you started teaching mm-hmm. at Abundant Life, right? Right. So talk talk a little bit about that. Like I remember because you were you were living with uh, Paxton at the time with at the at our house at the Remington house. And, uh, like that was just kind of out of the blue. You just came home one day and you're like, I'm a teacher now at a high school. I'm like, Oh, okay. I love telling people that too. Cause obviously like I never really planned on being a teacher and then like just being like, Oh, I teach high school math and science. And they're like, look at me. Like you look like a high schooler. So <laughs> I always get weird looks. How old are you? <laughs> yes. Um, I'll tell you all about that in a minute too, but, um, teaching. So I just wasn't happy at UAMS and was kind of looking for other pharmacy jobs cause I was wanting to go to pharmacy school. Um, and came across an email from my science professor at CBC and it was the principal at Abundant Life saying, if you know of anybody interested, you know, just send them my way. So I sent on my resume, called me in, got an interview. We did like a mock, um, class lesson and then they called me back a couple days after and offered me the position have no experience teaching um have no license well yeah at a public school but apparently private schools um you just need a college degree and check oh cool that, check and check. I, I mean Got i really it. of course they they actually asked me questions you know about teaching and they watched <laughs> me do a lesson to make sure like you're capable of explaining <laughs> things thoroughly um they just call you into the office. Really bad at conversations, <laughs> I guess. But as far as teaching science, I felt like I could break down those concepts in a way that was teachable to them. And I'm very hands-on. Like, I love trying to find activities um, for them. And then just, especially anatomy. Like, I love teaching about anatomy and physiology. But anyway, so yes, they needed a, it started out just chemistry and human anatomy and physiology. Whenever it got in there, then their math teacher left. So they needed... Um, a math teacher I ended up teaching it's it changed so much but I ended up teaching about five classes so I went from part-time to full-time in about two weeks <laughs> and wow. from there yeah I really enjoyed it it was totally one of those things I felt like I was not um, prepared for but was equipped to do it like if you're called he yeah. doesn't you know God doesn't call the equipped he equips the called Felt like I was definitely in the right place at the right time uh, for, you know, that season of my life. Yeah, and I I remember you came home and you were, like, writing lesson plans all the time, working your tail off doing that. That first semester, 
was hard. All I did, I felt like from the time I woke up to the time I went to bed was work. And I felt as soon as I got a lesson done, I taught it and had to work on the next one times five. Yeah. And yeah. it was just really hard to get on top of my feet. But at the end of the year, I had it down. Like I was like, yeah. I, could, I could do this. Like I got my first year and I kept it all in binders. It's all, you know, I'm a very organized person. So of course it was all, I left that teacher that's coming in next year. Like she got her, her curriculum. Wow. I left it there. Yeah. I was about to say, when did you, um, how, how close was the school year when you knew that you were going to get the job? You know what I mean? So like you didn't have time to write out, write out anything. You know oh no, I mean? no, no. They were in the middle of their semester. It was October. Oh, they were in the middle of the semester. Yeah. It was so very like they had a um, long-term sub cause they, they had a science teacher that came in at the beginning of the year. They said that she was young too and just didn't, I guess didn't realize what she was getting into and felt very overwhelmed. I think she lasted three days. Oh wow. <laughs> so the, Week. So Week they, sauce. Yeah, they called a um old teacher back in and just had like a couple they had different long term subs. So by the time that I got there in October, I think I was the fourth or fifth teacher that these kids have had in this class. Oh dang. So they were really needing somebody that would stay committed and be consistent for them. Um, you know, and just give them their best. So I told them, you know, we're in this together. We're going to figure it out. Y'all just got to have to communicate with me, you know, where you're at, what you're understanding and what we need to spend more time on. Cause you know, I didn't learn about assessment and a biology course. Like, yeah, that yeah. stuff I kind of did just have to figure out on my own. What grades was it or what grade was it? Mainly 11th grade. 11th but grade. by the end of the, by the end of the year, I ended up teaching a uh, pre-algebra in, in seventh grade. I had 11th grade anatomy and chemistry in pre-calculus oh <laughs> and that's <Sounds> terrible <laughs> pre-calculus man was a struggle i did not like calculus like i loved math up until calculus so calculus was i didn't even want to do it so when the teacher didn't want to do it it was really hard to get the kids so i always had to go in there like gung-ho like let's do this probably over the top yeah. just trying to fake fake it till you make it i hate that let's do math what it was <laughs> <laughs> math is really cool they said the teacher before them was like just youtube videos like here's this video watch it figure it out i'm like oh i just felt really bad for them those kids and now they're all like they're most of my students were juniors they have one more year they're like can you please just stay one more year and i'm just like okay. no nope. sorry charlie <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was cool oh, i lasted <laughs> later, i'm just kidding that's terrible <laughs> no it was it mean Obviously, you were really stressed, and I empathize with you over that. But when you would come home and tell me some of the stories, like <laughs> it was very, very amusing. Some of the the stories, like what kids would do, and like oh, yeah. parents, and like just all kinds of stuff. Okay, so let me tell you this story. This was probably the best memory from teaching like of all time because, like, okay, I was gonna say this a while ago too. So I'm very, I look very young. I'm 24. Look like I'm what? 17, 18. <laughs> I mean, I don't think you look too no, old. Not that young. young. Okay. Well, uh, they said that my first day there, I, um, they thought that I was a senior, like a new student. Oh. And then there was even a couple of days where my students told me that they had like their, uh, some friends or cousins or somebody dropping off lunch. And they asked why I was out of dress code because like I wasn't wearing their school uniform. Oh, I was yeah. wearing teacher clothes. And yeah. so they're asking why I was out of dress code. They're like, man, that's my teacher. Um, so I just look really young, but of course, wow. and of course me not being like, I don't, I don't know, like a professional teacher and it wasn't like my career path. 
the whole time I was just having fun with it and I wanted to be real with them because I actually wanted well not that professional teachers don't make an impact on their kids but like that was more so my focus than teaching Teaching. It was like, I yeah, mean, it's almost like a mentor. Like we were talking about, you wanted to help them with real things. Right. Bottom line, how much are you going to get done with what you have left? You know, and anyways, um, so I'd mess around in class. I'd get distracted pretty easily. And so we're teaching in class and um, I had a student come up and work something on the board and he takes the end of the marker cap and he flicks it onto the board. And it bounces off the board and he catches it and puts it back on the tip of the marker. And I'm like, oh, like, you got to show me how you did that. <laughs> that was so cool. So stop class right in the middle of this lesson, working examples, blah, blah, blah. And they're just teaching me how to flick the end of the marker cap off the board and catch it. So we're doing this and I get it figured out. I'm like, this is so cool. I'm going to like impress. This was a 10th grade class at the time. I was like, I'm going to impress my older kids with this later. Like I'm going to be in the middle of a lesson. I'm going to flick the cap off the board, catch it and be like that really cool teacher that's got some tricks. (laughs) Okay. Please tell us you messed up. Oh, did I? (laughs) So I prepared them. I'm like, okay, I'm not like smooth enough. Like I'm very like, like I'm athletic, but very clumsy on the other hand like it's one extreme or the other so like i tell them i'm not slick enough to to pull this off without preparing them so i was like okay y'all i'm learning this trick i'm about to show you all this and so they get all ready for it and i like face the board dead straight on and i throw that cap and i mean i'm straight in front of the board the cap hits the board and comes directly back at my face hits me square in the eye like just a bullet shot straight back into my eye in the front of the whole class and so i go down like oh my (laughs) you get a black eye it wasn't that, that hard. Better. I mean, it was a plastic I bet the cap. class was like laughing they, at you I bet so they were hard. Dead, but like, so impressed. I went, I went down. I covered, I covered my face, and I went down, and I hit the board like with my back. I like hit the wall. It was like falling down because I was like laughing, trying to hold my face. And they or like kids were crying. They were laughing so hard. It was hilarious. There's <laughs> moments like that that you remember about school. <laughs> you, I can't remember what story you were telling one time. It's about this kid, and he, like, got out of class because he had to use the bathroom. Um, I told this story? Yeah, you, I can't remember. I Will did, does I this. Did. Will does this all the time. I'm just trying to jog the memory. You were saying, like, how everybody was, uh, like, he kept getting in trouble because he, or, the, like, teachers kept asking what he was doing, but he was like, I gotta use the bathroom. I can't remember what it was. I don't know. I did have oh, one so kid, funny, like, though. every... Well, the principal told me, like, there's a kid that's using the bathroom, like, every class period, he's asking the teacher to go to the bathroom. Do not let this kid go to the bathroom. <laughs> don't let <laughs> I him. I mean, your boss tells you don't let a kid go to the bathroom. I'm like, okay. So you let him like, piss his pants before <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm just doing what I've done. I was like, okay. So, like, because he said he's not going to the bathroom. He's getting out. He has breaks. He's getting out of every class. He's just walking around. And yeah. I guess there was a couple of cases that some kids had like their phone stolen, some artwork was messed up. Like they had some stuff what? going on. So I mean, I don't. They didn't like have proof that it was this kid, but they're just trying to stop all possibilities. Yeah. <laughs> I just picture, I just picture this kid in the class. He's like, "This way, can I go to the bathroom?" You're like, "No." And he just grabs <laughs> <laughs> his I mean, he would some like, some days I could tell it was like no big deal, but other days it was like he was actually begging. I was like, I'm sorry, I can't. And like other kids, 
Oh then on the, on the on the other hand, though, this is why you always think your teacher's being unfair, but she's probably just doing what she's told. Because on the other hand, I had a kid that has um, IBS. He has to go to the bathroom. I had no excuses. You know, he he has to go. Yeah. And so, like, this kid would ask to go to the bathroom and be like, yeah, go. And he'd be like, can I go to the bathroom? And be like, no. Oh, my <laughs> God. It's like you're the only kid in school that can't go to the bathroom. Yeah. And, then, and, and then, he's like, what the heck? And then you don't want to throw that one kid under the bus. He's like, well, why does he get to go, but I don't? And he's like, well, he has irritable bowel Yeah, syndrome. and you can't <laughs> say that because it's confidential. So uh, it's just trying. Somebody over here has got IBS. Yeah, so I just get pinned as don't the unfair. You want to smell like crap. <laughs> So I go from the cool, slick teacher, throws marker caps in her face to the unfair loser that's just as old as all the others. It's discriminating bathroom <laughs> privileges. Oh my gosh, that's too funny. Well, hang on, before we end off that, did you ever, did somebody ever say, Miss Wade, can I go to the bathroom? And you said, I don't know, can you? Oh no. Oh my gosh, <laughs> don't be that. Can she, you? she wasn't an English teacher. She wasn't an English teacher. She, uh, yeah, math and science. I never, I never did do anything like that. Dude, the last like week of school though, uh, you know, you barely have any kids left, and we played spoons. Spoons. That get, that game gets intense. And jog my memory on what spoons is. So you're trying to get four of kind. You're passing cards around the circle the whole time. Yeah. Trying to get four of kind. So it's kind of like fast paced. As soon as anybody in the circle gets four of kind, you can either discreetly try to sneak a spoon or you can just like all out go for it but there's only uh, the number of spoons that's in the middle is based is one less than the number of people around so, so there'll be one person no that doesn't get a spoon oh, if you I don't gotcha. get a spoon you're out you keep going until you got a winner gotcha. so we're doing this with the whole class of seventh oh graders gosh. and it got intense but they saw a whole nother side <laughs> oh my gosh yeah my one of my ex-girlfriends their family they uh they played that pretty often they like spoons huh? that's an intense game does we should we should play that game that'd be fun i'll play spoons dude you'll lose a fun one for our i'm the discreet you'll lose it you'll lose it spoons okay dude i'm the one that tries to go like discreetly like i get four hang on to them for a second and i'm like and just take one and then somebody sees me and then it just goes bananas everybody dies it's like i get so excited i can't help it i'm just oh i got you i got you now so like the first person that yeah, you're just gets passing. Four of kind gets a spoon. You're basically and then passing everybody has to grab one before. So well, as soon as somebody yeah, gets four of like, kind and you get one, then it's like a free for all. Yeah, it's like musical chairs. Yep, basically. except with spoons. Yeah, yeah. And there's no music. Some people call oh. it pig. Chairs. Have you ever heard it called pig? pig? I've never heard it called pig. Some people call it pig. I could see. I could see that it's like a pig pile. Like, dude, it's just like yeah. everybody dives in. Make it a little more interesting and use forks. Oh no, don't knives. Do that. Let's do knives. Let's do <laughs> <play> knives. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, anyways, um, so you don't you don't do that anymore. Um, do what you teach. teach? Oh no! And uh, the reason for that, I was is... really bad. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> I was she got, they fired. Me. She got fired. No, <laughs> um, she recently went and took the PCAT, which is the pharmacy exam, and applied for med school and Phar- pharmacy school. My bad, not med school. I yeah. Uh, she got in. Yeah. <laughs> So talk, talk a little Yay. bit about that. That's, su- that's super exciting. Uh, it really is. Uh, we did like a science career fair seventh grade, and it was like I picked pharmacists, and was like boom, since then destined to be pharmacists. So like, and you know, like I've said multiple times, I like to be an organized person. So I'm the freshman that goes into college with Excel spreadsheets that are color coordinated of possible class schedules, and I had multiple sheets for all the possibilities of what classes could be, and I was bound and determined to go two years in college and then apply for school and do four years in pharmacy school 
I'll be a doctorate in medicine in sixth. That was the plan. It was not. That is not what happened. So yeah. obviously, um, so I couldn't take chemistry like my freshman year. So right off the bat, put me behind. And then uh, sophomore year is was just a struggle, um, and didn't do very well grade wise. And then junior senior year, of course, I picked up the pace and. You know, the way that it worked out, I got to finish ball. I got to play ball through my senior year of college, and I got to coach, and I've gotten to teach and kind of just mature and grow and actually finish a degree in biology. So I I feel like um, I'm more of a well-rounded individual to go out into that career as a professional um, and just kind of be more confident, I guess, in myself because I've gotten that figured out to begin with. Yeah, and I... I work in a hospital. I've well, been there for about uh, a little less than two years. And so what I've noticed is that these, like you said, these people that, that are very, very uh, intelligent, book smart, they can go in and they don't really have to get much job experience. And they just, their grades are so good. And I mean, I can't say this, you know, that this is like true. I'm kind of generalizing here, but in my experience looking at, at, at doctors that like, I feel like that's the difference between doctors that are socially inadequate and the ones that can go and really connect with the patient, have a great bedside manner. It's like, because they, they probably have more experience under their belt than just going to school for four years, getting a bachelor's in science, going to med school in the next four years, and then going to doing a residency. It's like, that's what they've been doing the whole time. And they haven't got any like world experience they haven't taught a class of 11th graders they haven't right it's, coached a, it's a, a lot softball of books team. and not yeah personal experience exactly i get it i i don't think that that's wrong for anybody i just think it's just funny the way that plans work out you know and that was my path yeah. that i was supposed to take and um you know probably not would have all worked out had i gone to school you know yeah. Uh, so I think that there's a reason for every path that everybody takes, obviously. But um, I, looking back on it, I definitely see the like why my plan didn't work for me, and just seeing it kind of come full circle to where um, I'm still kind of getting to do what I've always desired to do at this point is just an answered prayer. But just kind of seeing how God does have His hand in everything, even though if you don't see it from the beginning, you just take one step at a time faithfully, um, and always kind of looking to Him for guidance and you get it figured out. Um, yeah. I mean, you don't get it figured out, but just trusting in him and he's, he's got you taken care of. You don't really have to have it figured no out. Doubt. And I mean, I, I remember when you were kind of in limbo about the whole thing. I mean, you weren't even really sure if you wanted to go to pharmacy school and you, you know, you took the PCAT one time and you came back and you're like, I'm a little discouraged at my yeah. score and this and that. And the next you know, next couple of months, you got like all these color coded sheets, like, all right, I'm going to do this to study for the PCAT again. <laughs> well, teaching and coaching kind of threw off my whole original plan because I was like, wow, I can see like a direct impact in people's lives. And I kind of, it's something that I love to do. I feel like it's something I'm really good at. And I actually feel like I am good at both teaching and coaching. Yeah. Um, and it is a it is a gift, and I feel like I could use it and use it effectively, and use it um, in a way to impact others um, that I could see that influence directly. And obviously, not having as much experience in pharmacy, um, I didn't see that. 
Nice, Will. Butterfingers <laughs> over there. I didn't see that impact. So I just think, but it was always this desire that I had on my heart. It was always in the back of my mind. So I felt like it was something that I needed to pursue and just kind of gain that experience that I haven't had in that area. I feel like um, if I would have stayed with teaching and coaching, I also feel like I have more potential. So I really was just kind of torn both ways, kind of, you know, and so. I decided I'm just going to go ahead and ask, go ahead and put my application in because it's always going to be a no if you don't try. Yeah. Um, so put that in and it worked Great out. Advice. Once, <laughs> once I, once it worked out, it was kind of like, well, I have to, like, I can't have this opportunity here and not take it. So definitely want to go and pursue that and just keep an open mind. I mean, I think I'm going to be graduate in four years and go do pharmacy. I feel like I could even graduate pharmacy school and then even stay on the educational side. Even if I want, if I'm, if yeah. that's still an interest at that point, I could teach on the doctorate level, you know, maybe even be at a college that has softball or just do softball with kids like in a league or tournament, you know, like I don't know what, how all the puzzle pieces fit together right now, but I do feel like I couldn't say no to the opportunity whenever I felt like I had more within myself oh yeah I, hey i relate to that like i'm i'm on this path right now uh, as a dietitian mm -hmm. i'm going to get my master's and in, in practice um as such but i i feel like there's more in the tank i feel like there's a lot more value that i could provide for not only myself but the people around me and so like obviously i haven't gotten to that point yet i don't know what it's going to be like when I do, um, you know, practice as a dietitian, but I want to learn as much as I can. I want to keep growing. And it's like, I'm 23 years old. I'll be a dietitian if everything goes as planned when I'm 25 years old. You can't tell me that, like, I'm just going to be like, all right, I'm content. I'm just going to do this for the rest of my life. I'm just like one of these people that I'm always looking for, for the next opportunity for growth. Yeah. And whether that's, whether that's going back to school or, like you said, getting getting in the community and coaching kids or mentoring or, I don't know, like going and getting a job as like a trainer for certain things that, that I really like to do, like rock climbing or, I don't know, just yeah. any anything. And I mean, I, like you were saying, you can do other things even though you still have a main career path. Like, you know, I would, it's not super important but everybody would like to have financial freedom of some kind you know i'm not saying you got to blow the doors down you got to make millions of dollars but you know you everybody wants to be able to do what they love and do things with other people without having to worry about the finances you know mm -hmm. so like even though you do choose a career path that you know would financially suit you and financially support your family and help out you know you can always do things on the side you know like not necessarily hobbies but getting in with in the or getting in the community and you know coaching a team or maybe you go volunteer and do a seminar or teach something gary you know what i mean like another yeah. interest you have or you could like give uh people guitar lessons you know on the side or something yeah. like that even though you or, still had your main you know job yeah. per se yeah or learn like something i know i really want to do is is learn how to produce music and put put that out there it's just like there it doesn't have to be something that you're trying to make for yourself as far as like financial it's like yeah i love nutrition i love dietitian or i love pursuing that and learning more about being a dietitian and how to practice that but it's like that's that's my main uh way i'm gonna make my money it's like that's kind of taking priority first because i 
gotta have cash yeah, to, and, do, to do these and, other and things. And that's basically what I was getting at is, you know, you want to do other things, but you still, it's like you have to do that. It's feel, you feel like you have to do that right now because you want to be able to yeah. financially support yourself. It's going gonna, gonna to catalyze other areas of my life. Yeah, for I, sure. I, I got you. But that's that's really exciting. That's con- congratulations from the Casual Conversation podcast. Well, congratulations. Thanks. Congratulations to you too. Yeah. Thanks. I was when are you leaving? Is that why you're quitting work? Yeah. I uh, I quit. So I actually move in. My move-in date is July 10th. So are you going to make it to the party before you leave? <laughs> I'm I'm going to make it to the party. Uh I'm see I'm I'm my last day at my job is July 29th. Like, I'm moving up there and accepting the oh, key and I stuff, but that's as long as they could hold it. So, my program doesn't start until August 5th, and that is just the orientation. Mm-hmm. And then the week after that, it's full blown. Let's go. So, Let's go. I'm, I'm super excited. I've actually, uh, I've actually seen, because UCA's program has already started, and they do a lot of rotations at Conway Regional, which is where I work. And uh, I've already seen some of the diet or the dietetic interns walking around there, and it's got me. I'm like, oh man, I'm so ready to start doing this stuff. Yeah, get in it. It's like you want to hurry up and you want to get into that field, but then at the same time, I don't know. I don't really want to rush it. I know that school is a grind and everything, but I can wait till I go to work every day. Is are are you working or you're in school too? Uh, well, well I work full time and then go on like once a week. So you're going to school too. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I feel like you've probably held the, the full-time job longer than we've been part-time. I've kinda never things here and there. Job. So like, I don't know. I'm just wondering like how it is. Like that, how do you motivate yourself, I guess, to keep going full-time That's the thing. Day? Like when, like me and my boss have talked about this before. Whenever you, I feel like whenever you start a full-time job, you know, it's just what kind of personality you have. So, you know, some people don't want, any more responsibility or they don't want to like increase their not their place but like increase the increase their rank i guess you know what i mean like move up within whatever business or company you're working for but you know i don't i mean i i moan we eat you know what i mean do work outside i mean we have events and stuff we work the shows but that's not what i don't want to do for the rest of my life obviously so that's obviously why i'm going still going to school um you know, it, it could be a career, but that's basically what I wanted to get at with um, having something that's financially stable, and then you can do things on the side mm-hmm. to further, you know, your education or further yourself or help somebody else, you know. Yeah. Well, but I mean, yeah, it is kind of, it is, it is hard sometimes when you know you have to, because like you have to get up and go, you know, you can't ev- just be like, hey, every I'm not day. going. Yeah. Or like there's times like you said you had to work Saturday. Like I'm sure there's times on the weekends like that's the worst. I feel like you want to most people are off. You want to go and do things, be off whenever everybody's off. And like you got to go to work. That's the thing too though. You have to look at the differing factors of a full-time job. You know, do you have benefits? So I have a a wife that I have to support now. Um, I want kids one day. So does this have good medical benefits? Does it have good retirement? You know, if my kids want to go to college, I want to have money for them saved up so they can go. You know what I mean? So, like, you just got to think about all the different variables. And then thinking ahead like that outweighs how bad it is at the time. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And it's not, I I say bad, it's bad at the time. It's not bad. It's like, I don't, I don't dislike it. More of a grind than like what you want to do. What, what do you want to do? It's growing pains, man. Yeah. Yeah. I I really don't know. I mean, that's why I'm still. Okay. Well, I was just wondering because I think 
I just don't think I've ever asked you that before. Yeah, but, I really don't know to be honest. I mean, it's kind of like floating along. I still think you've been you work in. I know that you've worked, like I said, more than us, but you've been able to support you and Courtney and do what y'all you know get married and start y'all's life together and get a house. Got yeah, a dog. y'all are. I mean, y'all are, yeah. got a new guitar. Woo woo. We got a new Stratocaster, by the way. Just yeah. just throwing that in there randomly. No, dude, I really don't know what I want to do for the rest of my life, to be honest. To be continued. To be yeah, continued. to be, hey, we'll keep having casual conversations and yeah. explore the, uh, explore explore the topic. Explore the options. Yeah. No, uh, I, I said it's, it's growing pains, and you're talking about how you don't want to rush through, you know, you want to really be present in the moment. And yeah, a lot of people don't say that about school. Yeah, I, I know. I'll stay in school. But the, I don't want to think, go to work. It, it is. It's, it's, it's not the most fun thing at times mm-hmm. and that's why i say it's growing pains because growth is not always the, the funnest thing to do mm-hmm. but you look back reflect on your college experience which was four years i'm assuming you're going to be in pharmacy school for five years so look at how much you grew within that time uh i mean not just because you were in school but just the last you know, four or five years of your life, like all of the experiences that you've had, all of the growth, all of the knowledge, and uh, which eventually turns into wisdom. And then you look ahead at the next five years going through pharmacy school, like you have no idea, you know, what struggles you're going to go through, what successes you're going to have. So like that's that's exciting in itself. Mm -hmm. It's like you wake up every day and it's like, I know that I'm not going to be the same person I was yesterday. Oh, yeah. And I think graduate school is a little bit more exciting because it is a little bit different. It's more professional. It's more career centered, mm-hmm. you know, trying to train professionals. So I'm looking forward to that. Obviously, I don't know. I'll find out soon. But also, I said that every lesson can go back to ball. And my dad always told me, you know, going to practice, sometimes it's hard to get up and go work out or go practice whenever your friends are getting together and you can't go because you have to wake up early for a tournament or everybody's doing all these extra things and you don't have money to spend of your own. Um, so it was like some of those things growing up was hard. And my dad always told me, um, you'll have the rest of your life to work. Like he always told me that. And I was very blessed to have a dad that was like always reminded me to like be in the here and now and enjoy where you're at and what you have to do now because there will be a time when you don't have the option and you don't get to choose um, what you want to do so I've always taken that to heart I think growing up obviously off the ball field into life it's like I don't really I know everybody complains about school and it does get hectic and it gets stressful but like you handle it like anything else and you will have the rest of your life to work. Whenever you do have the rest of your life to work, it gets hectic and like, but at that point, hopefully you've been trained up enough through everything else that you know how to handle the chaos. Cause I mean, we say we're trying to figure life out and have it all settled, but it, it never will be. We'll never have it all figured out. It's just a mess. The wise, (laughs) the wise words of dad, be present. Don't, don't look too far Mm -hmm. ahead that you lose sight of the present. Yeah. So Daddy Wade wisdom of the day. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> we get it all the looking time. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to the potato salad without the shrimp. Yep. Potato <laughs> <laughs> salad. July Fourth Wade House. So this actually segues perfectly into kind of a question that we really ask everybody. So you've you've had jobs. Uh, you're obviously on a career path. So you've kind of answered those. But what 
what is the legacy that that Whitney Wade wants? To, Whitney Scott mm. wants to leave behind. I, hey, I'm still getting used to that. It just, it just flows, Whitney Wade. I know. <laughs> Uh, Whitney Scott's not bad. I think we'll get used to it. Yeah. Just, it'll take some time. Yeah, but like when, I mean, the, the way that I kind of like to ask this question is like when you're, you know, up in your age, like when you have your friends, your family, your husband, your kids, like looking at you, what do you want them to like see in you? That is a hard question it's to very like. Deep. Yeah, to, very well, deep. just to kind of capture everything. Like I think you definitely do just have these different. Um, lessons like as whatever you're going through at that time and so I don't feel like there's just one sentence answer that would kind of encapsulate all of that for me okay but but if you had no no but I'll say well (laughs) like for right now where I'm at as far as trying to figure out you know I was torn for a while about what to do with my career and kind of getting everything settled and I just heard this piece of advice um and it was Sadie Robertson podcast. Uh, Whoa, that's good. I try to listen to podcasts. I listen to y'all's podcast and Ooh, Sadie. Yeah, a listener. <laughs> Sadie uh, Robertson. I listen to hers. I listen to Life Church. Craig Rochelle. So I try to listen to those in the morning and then listen to Jam Out on the way back home. Yeah. Um. But I heard it on hers, and it was on my during pharmacy school. So I was preparing for my interview. I knew that um, they had already looked at my application. They scheduled an interview with me, and I was looking forward to that. And never being through that process, it was very overwhelming. I was like, this is the last step that I have before um, they make a decision on everything I've ever wanted. Like, this is the last thing that I have to do, and I need to do it good. So that just seemed like a lot of pressure really fast. And, like, how do you prepare yourself for that? Um So I was trying to think like mentally how I wanted to uh, tackle it. And so I heard these words um, from her podcast. It said, you can't strive to keep something that you didn't earn in the first place. Everything is a gift from God. So take the pressure off of yourself because he opens and closes your doors. So like um, a lot of us put this false pressure on us to perform or succeed at whatever we're striving to chase after. But like really you didn't put yourself in that position to have that opportunity in the first place. And so like, just take a deep breath and think if God's taken care of me thus far in my life, why wouldn't he take care of this next step? Like, why would I put so much pressure for me to perform now whenever I haven't had to the last few times, you know what I mean? Like, um, so just being able to trust in that. And that's kind of, you know, I used it for pharmacy school in that application process, but really I'm starting to see it in these different areas. And I'm like, that I really can hold on to that. Like, you can't strive for something you didn't earn. Trust in God in the process and he'll open and close your doors. So I guess that for now. It may change next time you ask me. But <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll leave it there. I got gotcha. you. And that was, uh, a, that was a good That answer. was a good one. And it's like, me and Gary talk about this all the time. You, when people do things that are uncomfortable or they've never done, or you're doing something that's stressful or is going to be hard, just have a plan. At least have a plan going into it. You know what I mean, Gary? Oh, definitely. So you obviously had a plan. So, I mean, if you executed the plan to the best of your ability, you know, if you didn't get it, so be it. You know, you did your best and you had a plan. You had a, a train of thought, a process that you were taking to where yeah. if it did work out, you know, that's great. But control what if it you wasn't meant control. to be it wasn't meant to be you know what i mean yeah vacation oh, vacation tour and travel my <laughs> telemarketing job there's one thing which i really only learned besides a script one thing 
this uh, manager, floor manager, would say, focus on what you can control. <laughs> and by God, that stuck with me. That's true, though. <clears throat> yep, she said that every shift, focus on what you can control. I can yeah. control whether you're buying this or not, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you just, you have to, you have to remain in the present, trust in God. You have to be confident in who you are. Yeah. Be confident in who you are because you are, you are made by him. So it's like, he gives you these brains. He gives you the intellect. He gives you these gifts. Understand yourself, which to understand yourself is to understand God even further. Sophomore year. Yeah. (laughs) To, to, yes, yes. You, you understand yourself and, and, get in tune with that that feeling of how you are supposed to be used in your experience on earth yeah he'll get you there for sure one way or the other for sure oh, i went into that interview like pumping everybody up at that point i was like let's just do it let's just get it done <laughs> y'all got it I, I actually haven't seen any of them in our online class so i don't know if if they did or not we'll see we'll see i don't want to say that and then they'll, they'll be my study buddy next semester and be like oh I didn't think you made it. Oh. <laughs> I didn't think you made it because you're not smart enough. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Well, <clears throat> that's that's really all I have for Winnie. How long we've we been going? Oh, we got a 120 piece. Let me see what I got on here. You got anything I else? I rambled on. I feel like for a while about ball. No, you didn't no, ramble on. We, we like rambling. Ramble on, Led Zeppelin. Go look it up. <laughs> next oh. next podcast called the Rambler. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Let's see, you wanna... no, I was just, I just had uh, being married to Paxson. I was gonna ask you what that's like. Oh, uh, married to Paxson. Finish it off on a. For sure. So everybody's been asking me uh, about a weekend, week and a half into marriage. What? How's being married? I'm like, well, if it's hard right now, we did, we did, we made a really bad decision. <laughs> so it's been great right now. Um, you know, I feel like I was, we were both really confident in our decision and kind of knew ourselves. Uh, getting into it so it's not much different that's than true. how our relationship was before yeah. but it, there it is surprising because both of us have said you know it does feel like just like we didn't make another like the next step in our relationship like we felt i guess closer together i don't really know how to explain it but we didn't think that there would be that much of a difference in how we felt in our relationship but it does feel like we're really in this together <laughs> for the long haul buddy yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it it'll get even like it sounds so sappy and everybody's gonna think i'm a loser but it's like we, me and courtney have almost been married a year and like you learn so much about them that you didn't know and you're like oh, you thought you knew them because you married them you know you're like oh well i hope i know them pretty good yeah but just little nuances that you didn't realize and you pick up on and uh, you learn a lot about yourself too um oh, yeah. especially me because i thought i knew everything and then that's obviously not true yeah, but, uh, learn to work together and communicate. Yeah. And then you're both changing through life together. Like, yeah, just, that's a lot to figure out. That's a lot. My <laughs> one piece of marriage advice, and I haven't even been married a year, so take it with a grain of salt, <laughs> is uh, both of you just have to learn to not be selfish. And you might say, well, I'm not selfish. Like, I don't know. It's whatever. And I thought that too. Like, I'm not selfish. I've, I don't ask for anything like for myself. I don't, I'm like, Oh yeah, I want this all for myself just because, you know, whatever. But it's just like the things that you do, the time that you spend, uh, the way that you talk to each other, it's just, you know, there's a lot what of ways you, that or intentions a lot of ways you it? can be selfish without not even realizing it. So you've I'm, also said that there's another key, 
which is to figure out a good system to do the dishes. Oh, <laughs> oh, we have that figured out down. You path. got that for sure. We we, we figured that out That's before we said two. the vows. It was almost wrote in the vows. <laughs> <laughs> Paxton, I'm just kidding. We'll cook dinner and I will do dishes. Just kidding. No, Paxton is the cook, so I got I got very lucky. He enjoys it, and I ain't gonna stop him. You know, and he's good. You know, Paxton so. is a good cook. I will say. What's that. his best dish? You know, coming back from the beach, our first meal that we had back at home was a T-bone steak, some grilled shrimp, and asparagus, and it's the best dinner he's made to date. So that's his best dish? Wow. She always brags on his eggs, too. His egg... Okay, so I don't know what it is. Are you eating his grilled cheese? Yes. Okay, I was about to say. (laughs) Of course. He's like... You know he brags about his oh, grilled yeah, cheese. (laughs) He brags about him all the time. No, No, listen. He said... We, we just started living together, and he was like, dude, I make, like, the best grilled cheese ever. I was like, dude, shut up. And then like, he had to make one, like, right I was then. like, what are you talking about? He's like, dude, I make the best grilled cheese ever. And I was like, no, you don't. And he was like, okay. And so he went to the store, got everything he needed to make the grilled cheese, maybe the grilled cheese, possibly the best grilled cheese I've ever eaten. So it's pretty good. Ever he, since he, then. Just a little secret. He butters both sides of the bread, and he puts two slices of cheese. But it's still a, a work of art because it you got to get the right browning on the toast. It wasn't even like it's got to be perfect, it was like, and you can't he put over something else on it too. And he got like the bread, the perfect crispiness. <laughs> oh, it was amazing! Right, you got to have the crunch on the outside. Still got to be soft, and then your cheese got to be all the way melted. Like it is a work of art. You got to have. You can't just have American cheese either because it gets runny when it gets too hot. <laughs> like if you get the cheese like super smoking hot when you take a bite, it drips out of the top. It like queso, drip. it just like pulls like cheese. Cheese pool. pool. Yeah. Look at the cheese pool. He's the always cheese talking pool. about a cheese pool. <laughs> On oh anything. My gosh. <laughs> Look at that cheese pool. <laughs> Dude, oh this is the best when you grab a slice of pizza and you just got the mega cheese pool coming off of it. Oh, yeah. So the way that he got to be a cook, though, speaking of cheese and him being the cook, is because the first dish that I made for him was a chicken spaghetti. And I didn't know this from like his childhood, but apparently he didn't like chicken spaghetti because he had gotten sick off of it before. So like from that from then on, he just like banned chicken spaghetti. So <laughs> new girlfriend in the picture. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to make you chicken spaghetti. <laughs> and, oh, my and, God. And he was like, eh, okay. <laughs> He's like, okay. And so I'm in the kitchen, you know, doing the thing. Whipping and, it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wrist. What's that song? <laughs> Twisting in the kitchen like it's stir fry. fry. Yeah. Migos. Butchered that. But oh it happened. <laughs> we can edit that out. No, we don't believe that. <laughs> Anyways, so the recipe, I was like a pound of Velveeta. I'm thinking, why would they not sell the blocks of Velveeta as a pound? Did anybody know that? There's two pounds in a block I of Velveeta. Remi- did you? Did you yes. yes. I remember this re- chicken it, spaghetti. It was at the Remington house. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Gary, you got a little taste <laughs> of chicken spaghetti? Did you eat it? I ate some. Oh, you did? Barely. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> I'm pretty sure me and Gary like didn't touch it in Paxton. So like, I knew it was bad because it was like really thick. Of course, there's two pounds of cheese, and this is only called for one. And... Uh, me and Gary like take a couple bites and we're like, no, we're not eating that. It's like, wait, she's thick, okay? Like she's really thick. She's thick, bro. You couldn't even like. It was like you could. <laughs> it's like you were just like chewing on a cud. No, you like, couldn't like pick up the noodles because like you just pick up the whole block <laughs> off the plate. It's like you get a spoonful of peanut butter and you just put it on the top of your mouth and just like yeah, with some bananas. It's all like. <laughs> 
It was really bad. That proved to me that something can, in fact, be too cheesy. No, that <laughs> proved to me that boy loved me because he ate two plates. Like, me and Gary might have ate two bites. And he was like, went back for seconds. And I was like, Paxton, I know it's bad. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Like, I can handle it. He was like, no, it's fine. Ate two plates of that spaghetti. Wow. <laughs> I don't think that wow. we've made chicken spaghetti since then either. I love chicken spaghetti. So, so from that point, he's like, you know what, babe? Like, I'll, I'll cook. <laughs> I do the dishes. Because, like... Because that's like, how that works. He, he wanted to say, I'm actually like a superior cook to you, but <laughs> <laughs> he just didn't want to say that. Well, then my family thinks that I have him fooled because, you know, I make one bad dish and now he cooks everything. And they're like, you know, that's all messed up. But honestly, it works out for us. Uh, the rule was that was going to get wrote in the vows if he cooks and does the dishes because I hate the dishes. I don't mind doing laundry, though. He hates laundry. So it worked out. Oh, I was like, perfect. okay, we need to write in the vows. I'll do all the laundry. You do the dishes. Well, now it's kind of like he cooks and I do everything else. <laughs> not everything else. I mean, it's not like he doesn't help me. He's not a messy person. Like, I think he's mindful of his mess behind him. Uh, so it, I mean, it's worked for us. We hadn't fought about dishes or anything. He still yet. does it's no good. laundry, it's though. It's still, huh? you know, a week and a half in, so we'll see. <laughs> That's that's awesome though. That's good though. It it you'll love it. It warms my heart to see two of my friends together mm -hmm. in holy matrimony. So you know his mom too. He because I it used to get on my nerves. Well, I mean it still kind of does sometimes. Sorry, Pax, but <laughs> he uh, will take off his dirty clothes right beside the hamper. But he says that he doesn't know if the hamper's clean or dirty. Well, usually if it's in the closet, it's dirty. But we hadn't quite trained him that far yet. But. <laughs> So he won't put his clothes in the hamper and I have to go and pick up, you know, his dirty clothes wherever. And um, his mom had actually sent me a little article and it said, you know, be thankful for the dirty laundry that you have to pick up because her husband had eventually died at some point And like she actually missed like she didn't have any dirty laundry or anything Aww. like that was something that she missed. Aww. And so it just kind of it just changes the, your perspective yeah. a little bit yeah. like. Um, my mom always had a sign by the dishes, like, be thankful for dirty dishes because we got fed yeah, tonight. You know, true. a lot of people don't. It's, it's a perspective thing. I mean, chores, they suck, but we're yeah. blessed beyond measure. It, so. We're Yeah, we are. We're blessed that we have chores so mundane as cleaning dishes and doing laundry. We could be out hunting for food every night, yeah. not not knowing not knowing if we're gonna eat. So. Yeah, wearing the same clothes and having to strip to wash them. Go like. bathe in the river. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Which is flooded right now, by the way. Not yeah. as bad. The Wooster, the Wooster way is open. She's it's open, open, baby. It looks like a She's open. lake. It looks like a lake out there, man. The Catterin Flats. Did y'all see that one highway that got completely like totaled? Like there was a highway in Arkansas. I think they said one fifty five or something. I don't know. It was on the news. It said uh, like it just like got destroyed. Yeah, like there is a farm. Like there is a farm that was on that highway, but like there's still I think forty feet of that highway still underwater. Like it, they it's they toast. yeah toast. they say that it's the worst um like destruction to a highway in like all of history of Arkansas. Wow. Dang. I don't know. It is wild though. Just think about how much it would like. I don't. It, I mean, it wouldn't erode the the pavement, but like water gets up on. You know, you get potholes because water gets up under the pavement and then people run over it. Just think how much water is getting up under the road. So, no, like it totally like, like... ripped it off? Yes, like part of that road's like... Dang! It looked like a, um, I don't know, just a massive like mud pit out there. Like the part that I guess had, since flooding went down, 
I don't know. I didn't watch all of it. I just saw <laughs> bits <laughs> and pieces. So I'm bringing parts to a story and I'm not completely <laughs> yeah. accurate. So I'm not reporting this. I'm just, I don't That's know. That's what we do on here. Casual <laughs> conversation. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Oh, but uh, that's you said you were gonna you were gonna ask her uh, some specific things about Paxton, didn't you? Ooh. Oh yeah. Will like wants to cause fights really yeah. early yes. on. I love stirring up, uh, stirring the pot. So Paxton argue about this because I was gonna ask you because he argues because he argues and he he denies this, but he's very dramatic. Very Is he dramatic. Very dramatic? I I can agree with that. I, mean, I do know what you're saying. You've lived with him too. We've lived with him. I think he's very dramatic. He's gonna be mad at me if I agree with this, but like I do understand what you're saying. Uh, I don't know if, like I said earlier, I don't know if dramatic is the adjective. We're still working on the adjective, but he I think he does, can blow things out of proportion th- sometimes. He does dramatic, get, He's like he gets mad easily. Like if he thinks that, like we we had this serious conversation. If he thinks that it's gonna uh, cause a fight, he's going into it expecting a fight, and like. You say one small thing and it's like landmine. Boom. <laughs> we in this. Like we're fighting. I'm like, can we not just have a conversation? He's like, no, we're gonna argue. Like it's just He loves arguing because he's very dramatic. He does. He loves arguing. And he ha- he's strong. He's got strong opinions. If you don't agree, so what no, who cares? Stupid. He's stupid. It's like, but dude, who like, cares what people but dude, think? Like, you're not seeing it from my perspective. Like, I I'm very knowledgeable about this. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> A lot Which, of times he does. I don't I, think that he blows. Do you? Do you think well, that? I think I think that the relationship between it may be a little it's different. It's a little different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah sure. I, I see uh, that for sure. I think I think we kind of ag it on. Oh, like, definitely. I've heard yeah. Paxton probably more than anybody in the world say, "That's stupid." Dude, That's Gary, stupid. y'all's relationship, like since living with y'all, like I saw a whole other side of y'all's relationship. I don't know if he ever spoke to you like that, but like, I remember like one of the we very spoke first to times. Everybody like that. No, but like I remember one time. I guess Paxton told Gary before moving in, like we're gonna be buying groceries more often. Like, don't touch our groceries. Period. Like that was oh, that was yeah. the rule. He come home and see Gary eating a bag of chips. Like I don't care, it's a bag of chips. And Paxton's like, Gary, did you buy those chips? He's like yelling at him. <laughs> and Gary's like, I don't think so. No. And he's like, You're gonna buy us another bag of you know, like going on, like yelling at him. And then he's like, Like I know he loves Gary. You know, are the best of friends. But like, you just y'all take a beating and then like love each other. I'm just like, how is this a functioning relationship? Oh yeah. Like no, but then like I yelled at Gary, Gary I would get, at that point. I would get um, a box of cereal. Gary would eat the whole box of cereal and say, dude, don't worry. I'll get you another box. I'm and like, then I would get another box and, I, I, and then eat that one. Will, Will would never eat no. cereal. Okay, no, so Paxton would, told me that, that he would do this because he was like, this is why we have to be like, he can't eat our groceries because he'll say that he's going to go get them. And he does. Well, yeah. And you said that he does replace them, but like you hadn't ate it yet. And then he'll eat them again and Bro. then won't buy the second just, I'm just, I, like, I buy food. Gary's And it don't sit eating. there too long. And you're just like, I'm like, oh man, how long is that cereal going to sit there? We'll add that thing there for I eons. Think, I think the most aggravating thing for me after living with you was the peanut butter. I could not keep peanut butter in the, or honey. I had a lot And of honey gets butter. expensive. Honey is expensive. I had a lot and he of peanut would, butter. <laughs> Put that honey up and everything, and he'd leave it out and be like, Girl, you didn't put anything back up in the pantry. <laughs> I would get these things. They were called peanut butter biscuits, and they're like my favorite snack ever. Like, oh god, those were good. And he would eat. I'm t- like, there was like 
12 of them in a package. And I would eat maybe one or two out of them, and he would eat the whole rest of the package. And that was like my favorite snack ever. He just always ate them. Why? I'm asking you right now. Why? I'm confronting you about it right because, now. Because they were good, and then I would replace them, and then you wouldn't eat. Dude, you yes, just I did. snack I, on them. Yeah, because they're snacks. You don't eat them. <laughs> You have to start putting uh, groceries in the in your closet in your room because the pantry's Gary's. Yeah, I never did that, but <laughs> no. Um, but I mean, they're just telling all the bad things. No. But, like, there's so <laughs> many good things. <laughs> no, he would. He would like. I'd come home and the dishes would be done. Mm. Like he'd clean up. I think that happened about four times in the. <laughs> it's just like I, I'd go for a long time. And just kind of let things go, and then I would just clean super hard. And no, then he'd I totally would... be jamming out, but the whole house would be like spotless. And I mean, that that was always nice surprises. We always yeah. had deep conversations. I felt like that time there, I I just got to know y'all. You know, Paxton's friends weren't just Paxton's friends anymore. Like y'all, yeah, for sure. Became my I, friends at that point. We were like your friends. <laughs> yeah, y'all are my friends. I guess I I guess I now <laughs> for sure for sure. It was I, that in there a SpongeBob song, F R I N. No. Together, there it is. That's the fun song. We're fun. We're fun. You know, we're fun. No, I like. I mean, I guess I should have because when you are in the same house as somebody, like you just get to know them better. But like, I didn't expect to go or for you to like come into the house and then us like be as good of friends as we were. Like, I didn't expect that. And then I didn't know how that was gonna go. Yeah, I like. I didn't know, uh, but then like we started having conversations in the morning because we got up around the same time. You got your coffee. I was usually doing homework right before I was going to class to turn it in, like <laughs> stuff like that. And then we like the first few conversations we had, I was like, "Oh, I, yeah, we can we can vibe, we yeah. can vibe." So that's good. good. So <clears throat> did you finish your? Did I interrupt you as, as far as Paxson being dramatic? No, was that your? That was your question. He's dramatic. He's dramatic. Case end, of, end of the case closed. Line. He's not even here to defend himself, and his wife's like partial. Oh, I don't care. If he, he doesn't. He doesn't get to defend himself. Whoops. He, I love you, babe. And you know, you know, he is dramatic because if he listens to this, he's gonna be like, "Oh, I didn't even get to say uh, what I want to say about it." Yeah, like, he's gonna yeah, be like back dramatic. on the podcast, and be like, "We're gonna do a duo guest, like we're." And then he's just gonna like argue no, with all no, of us. No, you know he's dramatic <laughs> because when we asked Whitney if he was dramatic, she says, "Well, I, I mean, I could see how y'all, y'all think that." <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, he's not dramatic. So yeah, he's. I don't he's know if dramatic's the right word. Like, I know what you're talking about, and it's not. I don't know. Like, he's not like a he, drama queen. He's but, a drama king. Yeah, he he's a drama king. He's like a boy <laughs> version of a like very dramatic person. It's like but drama. he can he yeah. can tone it down like he can be really ch- cool and just lax and everything. It's but definitely when a it mood. gets worked up, dude. I could barely get, ever get to know Paxton too whenever we first met because like I'd ask him a question about like what he thinks, even as he's opin- opinionated as he is. It'd be like you know, do you like this or this? And he's like, you know, it just depends. Everything, it just depends on the mood. <laughs> he does say that a lot. It just depends. It just depends. <laughs> like man, I. I talk about the conversations that that you and I had, but me and Paxton, also me and Will, we we've had several several good conversations in the house, and it's it's like we were all friends before that, especially you and I, Will. Like I, like me and Paxton, I mean we we definitely were friends, but uh, living with him, like he's he's a for lifer for sure. 
Well, for sure. it's going to be sad to see that house go. Like, and I wasn't even a part of it as long as y'all were. Like, y'all had years there. So it's, I can imagine, sad. like, R.I.P. Remington. Yeah. Peace. <laughs> It's a uh, it, it's it's definitely sad but it's it's like the uh the closure for this next chapter of my life yeah. that I'm I'm fixing to go and and live. Kind of more maybe more mature a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Did like, y'all have like that same feelings moving out of Centerstone together? Like did y'all feel like y'all oh, were going to miss it going and, to Remington? Uh, <laughs> no, like we missed it in a different way. Um we were to not to go into too much detail, we were pretty wild, <laughs> and then we I feel like we y'all got are still wild at Remington. Yeah, was, I don't feel like that changed <laughs> from house to <laughs> yeah, we maybe a little those in two different ways. <laughs> yeah, like it was bananas at Centerstone. Like that was so fast. Y'all had paced. more people living there too, didn't y'all? Like there For was more bit. of y'all in that one place. We I had Hunter living with an actual house instead of an apartment. That's, yeah. real awesome That's true. I can see we're in an apartment now, and I can definitely see it being old. I mean, we're on the top floor, so like, there's not just too much noise, but just the annoyance of like there ain't anywhere to park. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we walk up now. three flights of stairs. Carrying groceries. Yes. That's the worst. Well, That's I do have worst. shopping bags, so that helps a little bit, but still, like, it's a workout for yeah. sure. Um, you know, just you do hear things like. Even us being on the top floor, we still hear neighbors and yeah. kids. Oh my gosh, kids on a Saturday. Don't even be at home on a Saturday. Like, <laughs> it's so annoying. So I see apartment, like, being ready to be in a house, too. You're good. And y'all throw, you know, I guess y'all were wild, so throwing yeah, parties well, no, was you, easier in a house yeah. than an apartment. And you hear someone like Gary over there just guitar amp full wailing. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you got noise complaints all the time. Dude, when he would come in, like, nobody would be at the house. And I don't I even would, think that he'd hear me. And then time. I would just be like, what? like I'd just be in my room just wailing. Cause I'm not gonna, I mean, I'm, if I know they're there, I'm not going to freaking wail on the guitar. I mean, I'll still play it, but I'm not going to wail on it. And she would like walk in and I'd be in my room not knowing she's there and then come out from like a 30, 45 minute jam <laughs> session. I'm like, Whitney, you can come and tell me that you're home and I won't wail on the guitar. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it never bothered me. I just yeah. go to the. Uh, you know, it's not so bad if it sounds good. <laughs> Gary Van Halen. He would always be playing on the couch too, but I like I enjoyed listening to you play. There was actually one song that you were playing. I was like, Pax, Gary should sing this at, at our wedding. He's like, No, Gary's gonna be a groomsman. He's gonna be celebrating with us. He ain't gonna be doing anything else. Not, not getting not getting paid to sit there like a gig. Yeah. I'm I'm speaking of that, I, I can speak for Will as well. Uh we really, really thank uh y'all, especially Pax. I mean, he asked us for being a part of y'all's wedding that was awesome so well we're glad that y'all can make it that yeah. was like our only thing was like doing a destination wedding i was like do you really want to do this and he was like as long as my friends can be there like that was his bottom line if i can get the my closest friends to go with me um and be there then let's do it yeah. and all y'all were like heck yeah we're gonna find a way we're gonna be there no matter what like we wouldn't miss it and uh i think during that time too like during the bachelor party that y'all had for him and then just driving across the country to be at his wedding. Like it just spoke volumes to him and he just spoke on nonstop about like how thankful he was for y'all and y'all's relationship. And it really hit home. So that was just more, uh, you know, sappy to add on to the emotion of what that day is. And so it was a lot. He got yeah. really emotional that day, but it was, it, good was to, it was good to see that. Cause you don't see that side of him all the time. Yeah. And I, I think that I've, grown with my relationship with y'all too like i said y'all are my friends now i consider y'all my friends because i even call y'all <laughs> well i'll I, I call your wife 
<laughs> yeah. I go through your wife, but it works. Same but, uh, thing. We're both at the same I'm, place. Yeah. See, I don't yeah. have a wife. We'll see, what, see, Gary, <laughs> whenever, like, whenever like you're married, I don't think Paxton knows this yet, but whenever you're married, it's like you're just, you're, you're literally considered one. So like you yeah. go through one or the other and you're just, you assume that if you tell one, the other one knows. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's very I guess true. I'll, I guess I'll know what that's like one of these days. One of these days. Not anytime soon, though. <laughs> <laughs> Single and ready uh, to mingle, ladies. How soon do you think it would be? We need to make a bet for Gary to yeah. get married. Oh, let's make a bet right now, and y'all right are gonna now? like keep this going. Yeah, like yeah, wager. Um, let's wager. Okay, so two years. How be old done. are you? We You're twenty three. Are you twenty three? I'm twenty three years old. Like basically, like twenty three and a half. Twenty eight. Mm. You think twenty eight? Twenty eight. Five years. Ooh. That's pushing it too. 30. I would go longer. I go twenty-eight. Thirty. I don't think that he's gonna do it until like he's thirty because he's right. gonna be like in my twenties. I'm still young. Like he's not. He's not gonna do I'm still, it. I'm still a young like stallion. even even if he like meets the girl and he knows that he's gonna marry her, he's like just not gonna do it until he's ready to settle down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He would do something weird like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, like you met a, a perfect girl. She likes everything that you like. You get along great. And you're like, oh, I don't want to marry yet though. You know. Just hanging out. Yeah. I'm still me. <laughs> um, if I had to, if I had to bet on y'all's bets, I would probably say Whitney. I, I think she's probably more. I feel like he's just gonna hit that birthday and be like, "This is a new stage of life, and like something's got to be different than what it was." Yeah, but like, I feel like you're gonna meet somebody before then and or, surprise him. Or you've already met somebody, but it'll just escalate, and then. Like, because when you're 30, you're not just going to go bing, flip on a switch. It's like, okay, we're going to get married. You know? Yeah, you're right. You're I can right. see so it. You like know my gonna... bet. You never know when y'all are going to get on the same page. That's true. It's good. It could happen. It could true. definitely yeah, happen. Yeah, I see, I see your point. You're a good looking dude. You'll get a nice lady. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, it may happen at the reception. You think? That would be a good story. <laughs> you're like one of our friends, like, I don't know, from one wedding to the next, like, leads to the next, to the wedding. next wedding. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Definitely not Gary. This time I mean, up. we're all getting knocked out. Like y'all are all getting married, like dropping like flies, I guess. In a sense, if you know I'm what I mean. I'm still flying, like... by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Gary's still flying, baby. Hadn't been swatted down yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. We're, we're talking about my marriage now. <laughs> <laughs> we're speaking it into existence. Just wait until podcast. What number will that be? Five um, years down the road. Wow, like a million. <laughs> <laughs> how long have y'all been? Yeah. How long have y'all been doing it? Like six months. And you're like October. We started in October. So we started in October because we did a middle of October. We did a Halloweeners episode. That was yeah, our third episode. Like eight months then, maybe. Something yeah, like something that. Like so we're. This will be what? This is 32, yeah. 33, 32. 32. Man, I mean, I I plan on podcasting. I mean, it, it's it's done more for me than I realized that it would. I mean, we have the opportunity to just sit down and talk to our friends yeah. and get to know them better. So it's been fun. I mean, I could see this being enjoyable for y'all. Like yeah. every week, it would definitely be fun. No and doubt. just like a reason, like y'all said that y'all's original reason was like so y'all could get together. Like it was an excuse for y'all to still get together after Will got married. And so I thought that was really cool, but it does. Like, you need that kind of stuff. Growing up, you still got good friends. Like, you have to make the effort to stay closer. You will just yeah. grow apart. Like, once we all grow up and get married, it's like you do have to make those time for friends. Yeah, Zach, we had uh, Zach Mahan on. His episode just came out today, and something that he said that, that really stuck with me was that, like, it doesn't just happen. Like, 
hanging out with your friends, like it actually does the opposite. Like it doesn't happen. You have to be proactive about hanging out with your friends. And I've said this many times on this podcast. One of my bigger goals in life is to make a uh, conscious effort to reach out to my friends. What and I may be off somewhere, but just like a simple phone call out of the blue, sometime just like. Don't don't lose that connection between your friends. Right. That's I very, definitely very like important. in that area. Like as a friend, I just get so caught up in the day to day and like that selfish aspect that you're talking about. Like you don't like I wouldn't look at myself as selfish, but like that is selfish of me to get wrapped up in how busy I am or my day to day and like not think about my friends or like reach out to them just to have a conversation with them. And so like I definitely see that as a weakness that I want to change, especially like kind of getting into this season like i want paxton and i to have is it paxton and i paxton and me <laughs> <laughs> i don't know <laughs> who knows know. Uh, but i want us to have a good uh working relationship with all of our friends like i've seen my parents they have really close friends uh cory and crystal cory actually did paxton mine and paxton's wedding and um like just that they have those friends that are in place that would be so close to do like your kid's wedding like i want a you know, they do everything together. Yeah. Um, and they're, it's fun. They have so many memories. Like, I just want us, you know, have a cookout or um, play spoons. <laughs> a card I kind of want to play, play spoons Play now. cards. I know they. my parents always played spades. I like, whatever them. it is. And I think, I guess I'm just glad that I get to be a part of this now. I know that y'all have always been really good friends. Y'all's group from school and growing up and everything. And just us getting married and bringing in your wives to the group and just kind of continuing that relationship. I'm just glad I get to be a part of it because y'all really do have something special. I don't think that I know anybody else that has like as many friends as y'all do and as close as y'all are. Like it truly is something special. Oh, that, that really means a lot. I didn't expect for that to come out, but like it just happened, but it is the truth. So, well, to all my friends, you're <laughs> yeah. making me all feely right yeah, now. I'm sorry. It's just, you know, it's one of those times of your life you start, we, we just got married. We're about to have our reception and just feeling really grateful for everybody yeah. around us. So you don't always take the time to voice it. That is a good time. It's all about perspective. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, you're talking about being selfish and you're not a selfish person, but like, like you're not comparing yourself to somebody else saying, well, I'm not selfish because this other person is way more selfish than me. You just like look at the definition of being selfish and you're like, well, am I doing this or am I not? You know what I mean? So, and then you just look around and I don't know. Once you really start, me and Gary talk about this all the time. Once you start reflecting on stuff, you know, don't dwell on it, but reflect and you, you know, all, everything that's bad just kind of like fizzles away because there's so many things you could be grateful for. So many, so many things that you take for granted that so many you can be grateful for and, you know, just blessed, man. <laughs> see see that was this you are you are the second woman that we've had on the podcast we had hey. miss miss rooney on and uh she did the same thing she she got she got a little emotional towards the end <laughs> dude make me all feely yeah. i know <laughs> sorry I, no, I don't know good. if it's a woman thing but you're good you're good no i did think that i was the first one and then i remembered Y'all had Miss Rooney on there, which I know I haven't ever met her, but I know that y'all have talked about her being like an awesome facts teacher and just how much you've learned from her, Gary. Y'all I heard definitely that. get along. Yeah, if you for sure. if if you haven't listened to that podcast, I highly recommend you listen yeah. to that one. Well, and I saw the pictures that y'all posted, or I guess Gary, you posted the pictures mm -hmm. with it, but she was doing um yoga, like the acro yoga, and yeah. not that I'm near as flexible, but like we had to do some recovery yoga for softball sometimes, so I kind of got just like some of the basic 
poses, but then like the acro yoga looks awesome. Yeah, she's and uh, yeah. She's Paxton wild. actually brought it up. He was like, um, I don't even know how he got brought it up, but he was kind of like, you know, wouldn't it be cool to like do yoga together? And I was just like, that what? Like that is, he, he was talking. I was like, that is the last thing that I expect for him to like want to do like an activity to do He's together. Trying to give him more like, flexible, babe. <laughs> i was like sure like it looks like it'd be fun like you'd be doing all like all these lifts like yeah you know let's try it but i mean we hadn't done yeah. that but i'm like you know that'd be really cool like well, he, let's do it he came over you know a month or two back and uh i had been doing like a, this 100 days of yoga thing and uh had my mat out and he he started asking me about it. He's like, how'd you get into this? Like, how would I, like, he was like inquiring about yoga and he was telling me that he was wanting to get into it. So that's, I didn't know he was wanting to get into acro yoga. That's pretty cool. Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if he said acro yoga. I can, I really don't remember, but it just like, I think that that whole thing was just so much shock for me. Like the yeah. fact that he had said that, but I was like, you know, I think it was around the time that he saw the post from Miss Rooney. I What's think, I think that, because, uh, I mean, he he sits a lot in his job, doesn't he? Yes. And that is a big toll on your back. Back, And hips, let me just and, tell you, yeah. yoga will work that stuff out. So I think that's a motivator as <laughs> well. Well, he has a bad back, too. From football, he broke yep. his back, which I didn't know this, but uh, we went to Memphis in May whenever he graduated. And um, that was like his graduation celebration. And we were listening to Logic. Mm. it was great it was like the best concert i've ever been to but i made him pick me up on on his shoulders so like i'm up there and i'm like going he's like i gotta put you down and i'm like well gee thanks that you know <laughs> makes me feel great yeah <laughs> like, other for a little bit he's like i you know doctors told me to not ever pick up anything on my shoulders like why did you not tell me this <laughs> he like didn't say anything till after but that's whenever i learned he broke his back he's not supposed to pick up anything so he's already got a bad back he sits on it so Definitely It'd see why he want to do yoga. For him, for yeah. Sure. Well. <laughs> well. Anyways, man, we have. You look like uh, you're getting tired. We have. Yeah, for sure, dude. It's like smoking hot in here. It, it is. is really hot. And we dude, got the fan as going soon and everything. As that door opens, it's gonna be like a Arctic blast. <sighs> Arctic blast. Hey, Courtney's back. Should we call her in here? Huh? Courtney's back. I, I think. In here. No. She wants. She never comes in. Dude, here. can okay. I at least call her? I just want to. Yeah, just see yeah, what she said. I have to edit that out. Just edit out the whole thing. I don't want to make her mad. Big boy. Hi. Get my big boy. Where's your cone? Where's his cone? That's a big boy. He's kind of gross. He's it got a rash. It is very hot it in is here. It is hot. So this is Courtney Madden. She's just going to speak a little bit. It's Courtney Painton, Gary. You're right. I'm I'm terrible at this. Thank you very Dude, much. Courtney Pennington. With our with know, our uh, with our wedding invitations though, I had to text Annie and be like, "What's your married name?" And she's <laughs> like, "It was only two years ago that I got married." I'm like, "Sorry, I was still Ben and Daddy on my phone." <laughs> Can Anyways. you just give us a little bit of an introduction, Courtney? Come on, you're you're Will's wife. Courtney, come on. Just say, can you just say, "Hey, I'm Courtney Pennington, and my husband <laughs> runs a podcast." <laughs> hey, that was I, I guarantee. I guarantee, you, you, I guarantee you, this picked it up. That's all, that's all we needed, Courtney. That's, that's all, all we needed. So, 
we're <laughs> we're kidding. All right, that was all right. Well, we're gonna fun, shut bro, her down. <laughs> we'll have to do it again. Seriously. Are you gonna do it one day? You think? Do it. It really isn't bad. Once you get, I mean, getting going was kind of the hardest can, part. And you can do it with Whitney. Be more comfortable, Courtney. Okay, I'm just gonna announce right now because I mean, I'm not her husband. And I can't get in trouble for this, but she's gonna come on the podcast one of these days. It's gonna be like our fans, our diehard fans, are gonna be like, when she comes on, they're gonna be like, Courtney, our diehard Courtney, fans. Courtney. <laughs> Courtney. I'm like further. It's a suspense. She's building it up. Yeah. She's oh, so doing it on purpose. I'll start huh? commenting on the Instagram post like, "Where's Courtney? Where's at? Courtney? Where's Courtney at?" It, please, <laughs> please, if you listen to this podcast and you follow me on Instagram, comment. It just where's flows, Courtney? Casual hashtag. conversation with Courtney. Where's Courtney? <laughs> hashtag Where's Courtney? <laughs> where's Waldo? <laughs> oh my god! They actually used to say that because I was always running late for softball. They would be like, "Where's Whitney?" Like the "Where's Waldo?" Because oh there's another alliteration. So where's Whitney? Oh. Was. Well, I think the time has come yep. to get, shut Big her dog, down. get out of here, big dog. Go, buddy. Boy, he is Go, a buddy. big dog. He used to be such a small dog. Goodbye. Thank you, Courtney. Ciao for now. Ciao for now. She going to make you take that out. Yeah. I'm not going to, though. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlefish. It is, it is time to shut it down. So, uh, But before we do that. Before we do that. We always like to ask if... No one got a lot of questions at the end. If yeah, no one were sure. to hear your voice again, ever, what would you want to say? The one thing that you would want to leave them with, what would you want to say? Take your time. Take your time. It's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Just say, love y'all. I'm out. I'm like, deuces. Oh. Hey, you know what? We've never had one that simple, but I'll take that. I mean, what else do you say? You can't like, like leave gonna... somebody with everything and then be okay with it. It's going to be hard, so just make it as like easy if you're going to give back, somebody a piece of advice. Like if you're going to oh. if you're going to give them Y'all got a y'all. lot of I'm really out. you know, <laughs> the reason why Later this losers. gets emotional for y'all at the end is cuz y'all asking all these deep questions at the end. Like you're like, "What is your legacy? Like what's your last words?" Y'all are asking for this to get emotional. <laughs> we always end. ask these. We do. <laughs> well, this is why it gets emotional. You're like, "Why y'all get so emotional?" Like, y'all are asking really deep questions. So like, okay, so say you had so a, love y'all wasn't good enough. Y'all, was, y'all I, was, yeah. I was fine with it. Will's the one that's not fine. With okay, it. okay. No, I'll try well, again because we 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 didn't explain the the question good enough, or we didn't lay it out there. Oh, so I didn't Gary explain felt, the question good enough. Yeah, explain a little better. Gary. Okay, if you were to leave somebody with with something like a piece of advice, um, just a nugget of wisdom, what would you what would you tell them? Trust in the process. Uh. Make it a little deep here, but I think a lot of times you always hear like everybody has their purpose and everybody has a reason. Well, it's like, that's kind of like a big picture, like your grand scheme of life. And everybody's just looking for that moment uh, where they find purpose and reason for life. And yeah, your life does have a purpose, but also within that, it's a, there's small details within your life too. And I think each season um, that makes your life and what it is has a purpose and a reason for that. So try to, in every season, whether it's an exciting, joyful time or a really hard, um, growing pains time, um, wherever you're at, I think every season of life has a purpose. So trying to find um, those smaller reasons for your um, day-to-day that build up to what your grand 
reason or purpose for life is. Does that make sense? Yeah. So there's yeah. Trust I, I totally trust the process. That. Um you know. Uh, the little okay this is getting back to softball the little things make the big things happen so we always focus on the tiny details and not necessarily on the big play and if you're working on and you're being meticulous about things like you're going to be prepared for that moment or for whenever you do get that opportunity but you got to pay attention to those small details and those uh things that get you there be detail oriented yes trust the process and it'll it'll make a big difference yes i'm down with that there we go love y'all deuces deuces there we go i was totally fine with that, no, that, that was, uh... that's definitely my that's definitely my dad which y'all can take this out i'm just telling y'all my dad is always like uh you know he we have our little gang sign our wade that's why it's like so hard for me to change my name because it was like wade we had a gang sign we West have side like, boy we Come have on. we have a hashtag we have a brand we have, like, have t-shirts with our last names on it uh and we just, I don't know, we like made the Wade name like ours and we took a lot of pride in it. And so my dad was always like, he'd throw up the Wade sign and he'd throw up deuces and be like, I'm out. Like that was always how he left. He's like, love y'all. Drop the mic. Out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And y'all heard our call, our family call at the beach. Y'all heard that? I, I do. So like, I don't remember. No, uh, Gary did it. Uh, I think y'all are all out there. We were going crab hunting that first night. Oh, uh, no, that's not out six. Oh, yeah, Gary did not hear that. So um, my dad at the theme park, he always, like, there's four kids, right? And so the way that he would, like, get us all together, everybody's yelling. You can't just call out names or everybody's going to be looking at you. So my dad would go, you, you. And, like, all four kids, like, knew exactly where he was, like, line us up. So it became, like, our bird call in a sense like bunch of birds <laughs> he would call us our, his duckies like line up and count count your ducks like get ducks. your like get your duck like get your ducks in a row so he'd go you you and be like duckies and we had to count off like one two three four no way we're cutting this out no <laughs> Whitney's a ducky <laughs> no you just whenever i give y'all like the really good piece of advice there at the end i say love y'all deuces just like mic drop cut it off like nothing else after that point I think that'd be a good way to end the two and a half hour session that we have going on. Two hours and one minute, two actually. Minute. Oh, we're um, not done. Well, though. if you count the half of hour before we hit record, like it counts. It's true. We have been talking a while. We have been talking. It just shows we are friends. For sure, for sure. And I, I think that's a that's a great way to, to put a nail in the coffin. And before we do that, we just really want to thank you for coming over, uh spending two hours with us talking. Um I feel I feel like that is something that that gets neglected in in today's world with everything that's going on is that people don't understand the power of a conversation in building relationships. Um, so thanks, thanks for coming over. Yeah. Thanks for listening to us jabber while we listen to you jabber. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to know you. It's like we were friends with Paxton. It's like he was a little bird in our nest, and like you were flying by, and then now. We just like grabbed you now, come on. and now you like, come, come on. home. Come on. Well, no, no, not come home. You're just in our nest, just like hanging out, you know. Yeah. So it's like you're oh, part of. It's home. like you're part of the flock. Oh, okay. Part of you. the flock. Yeah. <laughs> but you can still go home. Birds yeah, but like, but like, if you want to go together. home for a little bit, you can fly away. <laughs> I got you. I'm with yeah. you now. I got, I got it. Uh, no, but I do. Thank y'all for inviting me on. I'm honored to be a guest. I was really excited to come and talk with y'all. I know that, you know, y'all pick y'all's guests wisely. So I was very honored to. That y'all felt like I was interesting enough to talk to for so long. So thank yeah, y'all like for I having just, me. I just had this uh, like 
I had never really even honestly thought about having you on, and like it just hit me. I was like, we should have Whitney on. She's got married. She's got things going on. Very interesting. So it just like that's kind of that's kind of like I don't really plan it out. It's no, just, we don't really plan it. <laughs> I just <laughs> I send a text maybe a couple days in advance, and if they come, and then they come. Gary sends me a text. He'll ask the person, be like, like it was was it yesterday or well, no, it was Monday. He's like, hey, Whitney's coming on. I'm like, cool. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> So, That's all it takes, babe. Well, thank y'all. I'll see y'all Saturday. Yeah, at the reception. Let's do it again. Do it again. <laughs> Anyways, you can find me on Instagram at Gary the Great ninety six and on Snapchat at Gary G A I R Y. And you can find me on Instagram at Will underscore Pennington zero zero and on Twitter at the Scavenger twenty three. Whitney, social media shout outs Ooh, for uh, all the people. Instagram wit dot Scott. It's already got changed. Oh, you so, changed it. Huh? Yeah, wit dot is spelled out D O T Scott. Wit dot Scott. Wit dot Scott was wit like period Scott already taken. Yeah, it was it like was. Whitney and Scott are two very common names, so very. it's been a struggle. Wit dot Scott. Yep. Classic. Go go follow it, people. <laughs> and uh, with all of that being said, we'll out later. Love y'all, deuces. Oh! <laughs>